0: Oh, nerds
1: and junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages, we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nation's podcast.
0: Never apologize for being nerdy.
1: All
2: things geek are up for grabs.
0: Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes.
1: Here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, junior ambassadors, nerds, and nerdites of all ages, and welcome to a very, uh, how's I say, yellowy episode of the Nerdite Nations. <laughs> I cannot think. I am just coming off of being sick, so I cannot think straight. <laughs> um, I'm your ambassador to the Midwest United States jared boots and with me as always is melissa nicholson melissa how you doing
0: i'm doing pretty good and i'm really excited for this episode it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: oh me too and we're recording this in the past because if you're listening to this the day it came out i am pulling a giant rope across the mississippi river right now so (laughs) i'm a little busy at the moment so we recorded this in the past but i'm very excited for this too because this is Something I've been wanting to do ever since I uh, jumped on this uh, show's bandwagon. We are joined by two very special guests from the Movie Film Podcast. Please welcome Brian Hall and Zachy Hassan. Guys, welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, Why don't you guys tell us a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves?
3: Brian, go ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) Zachy and I have been, first and foremost, friends uh how long has it been now since 99 so i mean yeah you know coming up uh what 23 years something like that yeah crazy wild and uh through the years just had this friendship and then we would have these phone calls where we would just be talking about movies we just seen and what we thought about them and at one point we thought isn't this like what a podcast is? (laughs) And so uh, 10 years ago, actually, uh, we're celebrating our anniversary. 10 years ago, we started the movie film podcast where we do just that. We uh, talk about uh, what we've just watched recently and share that and discuss if we've both seen it. We talk about latest uh, film headlines, trailers, things of interest of the week. And then uh, usually we zero in on a a movie tends to be a, a latest release and then we pepper those episodes uh, pretty much every other week with a commentary where we'll watch some movie it's celebrating anniversary or something that's just near and dear to us and we will watch the film and talk through it and share just whatever sorts of uh, bits of knowledge <laughs> or feelings or experiences we had with it as as we go through and uh, those tend to be a lot of fun so yeah I mean how do, how do I do Zeki?
3: I, I I give you a, uh, a I'm going to say 8.7.
1: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> very very little splash on entry there, Brian.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fantastic. <laughs> well, Zachy, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I
3: am a film critic and professor of communication and media studies. So I have been fortunate to uh, write for a variety of publications. I currently write for the San Francisco Chronicle, which is um, I live in the Bay Area. And so as Brian said, you know, we, we, he and I have sort of an intersection and in that Brian is a television writer and a comic book writer. And so I think we both are able to offer some window into uh, media uh, from different perspectives. And I think that makes for hopefully interesting, interesting
1: discussions. Awesome. Awesome. As so I've been a fan of your guys, well, I think, Zach, you and I became Facebook friends. Uh, That's right. Yeah. About a year ago. I, that sounds right. Yeah. Just because when you get into the world of podcasting, you just get so many overlapping friends after a while. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys have become part of our family. Oh, wow. Well, that's I'm incredibly honored to hear that. Absolutely, yeah. And then Brian was kind enough to uh, partake in our show. Uh, what episode was it? It was... Um,
0: was it the, the time I, travel? Time travel. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. I can't remember
2: the episode number, but yeah, it was about if you could time travel back to watch a film when it was first released and i man that just unlocked my imagination and i was like well i there's so many for different reasons it was it was
1: such a great prompt well grateful to have have you both on the show uh zeki have you you've contributed before too if i'm not mistaken i i
3: did although i can't for the life of me remember what the context
1: was but i definitely remember it was it feel-good movies
3: that's I, I I must have talked about Planet of the Apes.
1: It might um, be. I, I, truth be told, I don't listen to our our episodes <laughs> after, yeah, after I get done. There's editing a lot of that.
3: <laughs> Brian and I were just having that discussion last week. It's like once it's out in the world, it belongs to other people.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I have to listen to my voice as I record it and as I edit it. So once it's on the ether, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. It's <laughs> yep. good enough. I was there, man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I've been a huge fan of your show of your guys' show ever since I started following you guys. Um, like I said, th- left in my iTunes review, it's just like listening to a couple of old friends talk, and uh, that's <laughs> nice. essentially what it is. But you, you feel like you know you guys. Listen to this show. That's so cool.
2: That's <laughs> yeah. so nice of you to say. It means it means so much. It really, yeah. We we say it's just I, well, it's sort of what you spoke to earlier too. I mean, when you get to know different podcasters and you're all sort of passionate about doing the same thing. And then it becomes sort of this community. I mean, it really puts wind in your sails, you know, interacting with everybody and listeners and, you know, everybody's yeah. doing the same thing. It's, it really, it keeps it. it Cause this is, this is a passion, right? You do it because you're passionate about it, not because you're building an empire or anything. So.
1: <laughs> it's all fun. Our show started over a drunk text.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like it, hey,
1: that. like hey, you want to start a nerdy nerd chat podcast? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It was it was that, and then also a two day. I don't think it ever ended. Maybe it ended for like sleep, and then it continued the next day about Infinity War.
3: <laughs>
0: and then a whole bunch of other like nerdy conversations, and then it was the random text of, "Want to start a podcast?" Okay. <laughs>
3: that's that's, yep. that's what it comes down to, you know?
1: Did we just start a podcast? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say it's like a like a nerdier version of Frozen. Do you want to start a podcast? Yeah. <laughs>
4: there
1: you go. Fun <laughs> stuff. Well, one of the things I love about your show, other than the fact that one of your guys' randomized commercials was for a <laughs> restaurant a mile away from my apartment. Wow. Wow, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like right across the street from it too and I heard that ad popped up. Randomized, but, um... you say. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> there's, some, there's some enemy of the state uh, shit happening there. <laughs> I think
1: so. I think so. You guys got you guys got the Midwest locked down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that works cuz we're both from the Midwest. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I love about you guys too because midwestern aren't like me. there you go <laughs> but um but one of the things I love about your show is that it always comes back to the Simpsons, which is why we decided to have you on today And uh, we could have done the huge task of doing our top five favorite episodes which would have taken six years at least to go through 30 <laughs> seasons 22 episodes each ish. So I thought it would be easier. How about we narrow it down? You pick your favorite character in the whole Simpsons universe and you pick your five favorite episodes featuring that character. <laughs> uh, so without further dudes, um, Brian, who is your favorite character?
2: This, I just have to preface this. This was really challenging. <laughs> and I think the way that you prompted this helped because otherwise it would be such an overwhelming task. <laughs> um But uh, Zachy's going to laugh because (laughs) we chatted a little bit earlier, but I picked all these episodes and I was like, oh, these are so great, but they keep coming back to Bart. And so I had to pick Bart. Oh,
4: no.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because I I have other episodes that I think are just genius. I mean, I think like Itchy and Scratchy and Marge is just phenomenal and, uh, you know, for, for different reasons. But I was like, really, when it comes back to it, the comedy, the heart. The things that I remember, the episodes I just absolutely love to share and to watch over and over is these five episodes that feature Bart. But what I think will be great about this, if Zachy picked Bart, which it sounds like he did, I, <laughs> I'm very excited to see which episodes he responds to because I yeah. imagine there'll be possible overlap, but I think uh, you know different things for different reasons,
1: which I'm excited to to see. <laughs> nice. Zeki, don't leave us waiting. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, it's funny because because he was texting, oh, who'd you pick? And I said, you know, I feel like Homer is like the sort of become the standard answer. I'm going to go with Bart. That's what I said.
1: <laughs> and
2: I went,
3: uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by I the way,
2: I tried steering away from it, but it just kept coming back. I'm like, I,
3: I should mention that not only do we drop, uh, you know, just a, uh, a metric ton of Simpsons references constantly, like the very name of our <laughs> podcast can be traced to the Simpsons. Uh, Brian, did you want to tell that story?
2: Yeah, it was... Uh, I can't remember the name. It's the Max Power episode, right? Where Homer... Homer to the Max. Homer to the Max. And he. there's a character with his... Uh, Right, or he's he's upset yeah. about a character that's named after him in a that's right. p- police show that is like a bumbling idiot. So he meets oh, the executives. Yes, police. So cops, meets, yeah. They're like, how did you, you know, how how did you come up with the name for this show? And they're like, well, you know, it was about police cops. Put it together, police cops, and uh, kind of like a parody or satire of executive thinking. And so when we were trying to figure out a yeah a name for our show, we're like, well, we th- we like movies, films, movie film. <laughs> I just stuck
1: with it. <laughs> that's great. I, I love that. Well, because Bart is featured in so many episodes, I would be excited to see how much crossover you guys have. That's
2: I'm kinda curious now too. Well, and, I and, and I think I sus- well
3: I suspect that we both landed in the golden era for all of our picks, I'm guessing.
1: So I yeah, you you yeah. guess. <laughs> Yeah, like seasons, like seasons four through seven are considered like the golden years.
3: Yeah, I, I've I've heard like three to eleven is kind of what people point to. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I I mean I I'm somebody I uh, I think Brian,
2: you just like stopped watching, right? I went pretty far. Uh, I I I think I stopped somewhere around two 2000- thousand seven eight or something um but i yeah it's one of those things where i and i've heard you know there's been you know peaks and valleys and and i and like you know it's funny i mean when you're younger and you just sort of like to complain about the things that irritate you you know i might have been more (laughs) vocal about like ah it's not the same but i think with time maturity perspective i think what i've come to appreciate is you know when this started i still i these were during my the, my formative years. So, I mean, I guess it is sort of important to paint the context for The Simpsons, period, is just that this, you know, they started when I was 10 years old. I was Bart's age when they started. And as I was discovering my things, like the music I like, the movies I like, the TV shows I like, I mean, there was The Simpsons. And they were referencing things I understood, and they were twisting them in ways that I'd never seen before. And it was really shaping my sense of humor. I mean, really... Mm-hmm developed me into a lot of who I am in many many ways and so that can only last for so long I mean many brilliant shows just can't sustain past like six seven eight seasons or something like that and this show in my opinion did but then at the same time there's turnover and new people come in and new voices and it just is impossible for it to speak to you the same way that it did when it was told through other voices and so I think I've come to appreciate that more. And some eras will not speak to me as much. Some will return to a way that I respond to more. And it's definitely been one of those things where I've been way more open-minded to it, I think, in the past several years when people are like, hey, there's a really good one that was just on. I'm like, great, I want to see it. And so it, it gets spotty after a certain period. But uh, yeah, I definitely, where my heart is, where th- what's woven into my fabric is those first 10,
1: 11 seasons. It sounds like you jumped off about the same time I did. I jumped off around the time of the movie.
2: Yeah, the, around there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so speaking the, the the movie's like fifteen years old now. Have you guys think about doing a commentary for that? Oh, we we should. should. We saw that <laughs> we together.
3: We did. Yeah, you yeah, guys I blew up. up. <laughs> yeah, my Don't my you? my oldest son had just been born earlier that year, you know, and he's about to be a sophomore in high school. So that's my. Metric for that
1: stuff. Wow. Uh, I I just graduated college. And I went to a midnight showing of it here back in Iowa. Oh, wow. yeah, that, That's about the time I jumped off. I, I'll, I'll jump in every now and then for a Treehouse of Horror. Um, mm-hmm. or whatnot. But um, Melissa, here's the real Simpsons MVP because we did an episode last Halloween with Andy DeGenova, kind of on our favorite Treehouse of Horror segments. And Melissa, tell them what you did.
0: I watched all of them in probably what, what was it a week?
1: Wow, goodness! <laughs>
2: <laughs> that must have been really fascinating because I, you know, I've skipped out a little bit, but then when I go back, I, they're using iPads now, and I'm like, what? Like it's weird to me <laughs> to see. It. So it must have been fascinating in fast forward to go through like three decades. Yeah. Yeah. it's really
3: funny yeah it is it's like hitting fast forward yeah <laughs> just on how much technology you can
2: yeah.
0: track in the, you know yeah it was it was, it was quite the thing because like i had i had seen a few like treehouse of fours but um i hadn't seen a lot of them so yeah it was basically yeah i'm gonna watch i ended up watching all of them in a, in a week and it, and it was pretty neat i mean you go from like the, the really early stuff to like that you know more modern and yeah just that change is pretty neat
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean did you notice the voice i mean was it pretty obvious seeing sort of the fluctuation like oh now it's like this and now it's a little bit more like this and now it's like this i mean did you sort of glean that while you were going through them oh yeah definitely yeah yeah Yeah. interesting Mm -hmm.
1: It was thirty-two episodes in one week. That's a lot. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) It's called dedication,
5: dedication, people.
1: (laughs) You should do an AMA. (laughs) You got questions about Trios of Horror? I've seen them all.
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, I think Melissa and I took a more uh, roundabout, like a different approach to our favorite character because I think. Uh, I hope. Uh, so uh, I can't talk today. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, uh, Melissa, who is your favorite character?
0: Uh, I picked comic book guy. Ah, nice. Yeah, and I'm actually, cause when you were talking earlier, like the kind of where you stopped for watching episodes, and and so I wonder, um, and like the episodes that I picked, like if you've seen them or not. So it would be kind of interesting. <laughs>
2: this is gonna be I, I kind of in, appreciate that because then I can sort of take note and you'll, you'll give me some homework
0: mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> yeah so yeah I I was um,
0: it, it was a little bit of a tricky thing because there's a well who, who do I I'm kind of new to the Simpsons universe mm. um, in the sense of like actually watching the seasons and everything and I've been watching I think I'm, I think I'm on season just started season two, I think is where I'm at now. And um, I had remembered a lot of season one. Like I just had sort of seen like smatterings of episodes sort of here and there, but I hadn't actually like followed the series. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I am. And um, yeah, it was, Oh, I lost my train of thought there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, it was, uh, I kind of had to go through, because I, like, you know, being new to this, there was a lot of episodes that I obviously hadn't seen, and with, like, comic book guy, I'd always enjoyed when I had seen, you know, episodes with him, and so I thought, well, he's sort of the one that I, you know, connected with, and it wasn't sort of the usual, like, kind of, you know, like, your Bart, your Homer, your whatever, right, so I wanted to go with somebody different, and so, yeah, this was a little bit of a a, a challenge and a dig, but I did it, so... Nice, <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: And I also picked Bart Simpson. Did you
2: really? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: no, I, I, I
1: picked Krusty the Clown. Actually, you know, he oh. was pretty close for me, actually. I think he's, I am a huge, I'm a huge Krusty fan. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's he's uh, looking through all his episodes. I mean, he's really had a lot of a variety of fun and interesting sort of things happened to him. I, that was a, that was a close one for me.
1: Well, I think what makes it great is that I think Matt grinning must love like taking a shot at sleazy celebrities. And I think <laughs> they have all they can handle with crusty throughout yeah. the years. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I came so close to Millhouse. Lisa. Actually, she, when I was just going through just pound for pound, great episodes, Lisa was coming up a lot and I came really close to her also
1: she's a good one uh, I started to enjoy her I started enjoy her less after she became the preachy vegetarian and everything. That's when she started kind of weighing on me I think it was like around the time of the angel episode
2: right right
1: yeah it, it for for certain seasons it almost felt like the
2: writers were almost picking on her a little bit
1: yeah <clears throat> well. We want to roll to it before we get started. Does anybody have any uh, honorable mentions before we get into our top five? Well, you know, I like I said, I mean, when I was going through, I I, I, summer four foot two came
2: up as one that I was just like, that's just such a good episode. It's just hard not to go with her because it's so strong. And and I I've always uh, really I mentioned it earlier, but the itchy and scratchy and Marge episode, I I really love and I talk about this episode a lot because I, I think it presents a lot of interesting questions. And it's very funny, and I love that it has a kind of unanswered ending. It feels a little, which feels sort of postmodern, you know? I mean, certainly for whatever (laughs) year that was released, and, you know, just about the ideas of censorship and what is appropriate, what what is art and what isn't art. And uh, I just, I sort of marvel at that episode, honestly. And I uh, but I was like, ah, I just, I got to go. I got to go with the the theme here, and (laughs) I went with my boy Bart. I don't know, what about you guys?
3: I, I deliberately whittled my list down. Otherwise, I could just talk and talk. So I'm just focusing on, on my five that I picked.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you make I, a good point about Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, because without that episode, half our generation wouldn't know what Michelangelo's David was. Right. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you have an honorable mention, Melissa? Sorry.
0: Oh, it's okay. Um, no, actually, I don't. Um just because, yeah, I I was sort of like I, I picked my episodes and and all of them were first time watches, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, not still being very new, obviously to all of this, uh, yeah, I don't have any honorable mentions.
1: Maybe next year we can record part two of this and uh, you'll have some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Um, I had like- one honorable mention. I had one honorable mention for Krusty, and that was um, from season one. Krusty gets busted. Yeah, yeah. Great one is after watching a lot of these later episodes, to go back and watch a like crudely drawn like yep. season one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But like yeah. in more of an aspect where Homer does look like Krusty out of the makeup and right, right. And in the introduction of Sideshow Bob, another one of my favorite characters, because I just love Kelsey Grammer's portrayal of Sideshow Bob. Yeah. it's still a good episode for being in the early seasons. But.
2: Agreed.
1: So, uh, Brian, what is your number five?
2: Number five. It was interesting hearing you guys talk about the, uh, the golden years or, or whatever you want to call them, because I went with an episode from season one. Uh, I, for some reason, I don't know, you know, people are pretty hard on season one, sort of surprising to me. And I know it doesn't feel like what they eventually evolved when they evolved into their perfection, their groove. I know it's a little different, but it was still uh, this is when I discovered them and their their little sort of left of center quirk and edginess was what really uh, grabbed me and never let go. And so I actually went with Bart the Genius as my. My first uh, favorite Bart episode, and that's the one. So they had Simpsons roasting on an open fire, which was sort of like a Christmas special, right, in December of '89. And then this was kind of the first episode proper, and it's it's funny because it's a almost like a typical sort of sitcom plot, right, where you have a, a kid who cheats on a test and gets put into a gifted school, and then it struggles and has to confess. Okay, I didn't. I I. I I lied, and then has to go back, sort of humbled. But what I love about it is, even though that could be like a different Strokes episode, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's it's so different through the Simpsons lens, and it's uh, it's one that I still like. I don't watch it and squint and try to make it, you know, oh, you know, it's it looks bad, and it's 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 on its way to what it's going to be. Like I I still think it's a great episode, and it has so many memorable things in it. Um, I love the whole. You know Bart dyeing himself green and just all these sort of early iconic Simpsons things. You know and and, you know when he confesses. I think this is another sort of uh, speaking to the sort of their twist on the the traditional sitcom take, which is when Bart confesses to Homer at the end what he's done. You know Homer doesn't go. I understand and and I love you. He chases after him. You know Bart gets out of a bathtub naked, (laughs) runs through the house and Homer tries to beat him up. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) hilarious um and it has one of maybe one of my favorite all-time simpsons jokes period which is when um after bart has a science experiment go wrong he has to write a proposal for you know like a what he wants to do next you know with the school's assistance and he decides you know instead of a proposal he's going to make it a confession about how he got there and how he doesn't belong there and so he writes this long confession and he hands it over to the the dean or whoever and uh the dean reads it and goes oh uh you spelled confession wrong <laughs> 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 uh genius so yeah part part the genius my first part that's a great one that's a
1: great one and uh Thanks to this episode, whenever I hear the Toreador march, I think yes. of the two things. I either think of Five Nights at Freddy's, or I think of Bart singing Toreador. <laughs> Don't spit
2: on the floor. <laughs> Use the cuspidor. That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Quidgybo. Who could forget? I'm surprised that hasn't come back to play more often in later episodes, Later seasons is the word Quidgybo. Right. <laughs>
2: Big, dumb, balding North American ape
1: <laughs> with no chin
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a short temper.
1: <laughs> Great pick. Yeah. Season one is kind of rough, but you could still see something there, though. Yeah, like, you could. You could see the humor was still there. So it just, I guess, it just needed uh, to to be cooked a little bit longer. Was yep. All. Yep. The kernels there. Anybody else have any thoughts on uh, Bart the Genius? Zach is like, no, just that he's wrong.
2: Anyway, my (laughs) number five.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jared,
1: will you you tell Brian that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with that one, but season one is sort of a blind spot for me. That's not one I've revisited very often.
5: Yeah, I thought that one was that
0: one was a fun one. I remember that one because, yeah, watching it starting it recently. And yeah, I really like that one.
2: <laughs> oh, it, it has one more joke I have to share because my brother and I to this day still say this. But the whole thing is right. The, the education he's supposed to be receiving is outside of the box. And so he's trying to to adapt to it. And so <laughs> when Homer asks him, you know, Bart, so how was your first day at, you know, smart kid school? And Bart goes, "Os, os he's like, Homer's like, what? He's like, that's backwards for so-so. And Homer's like, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my brother and I, we still say os-os. The foundation for dumb Homer was there all along. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do remember being in high school psychology class. And when we started talking about the the id and the super ego. Yes. And ego. It came back to this episode too. I, I, I've heard of this because of the Simpsons.
2: Absolutely. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'd never heard that before until this.
1: <laughs> yeah, triple word score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Great choice. Thank you. All right, Zachy, what is your... Uh, do you need to correct Brian here? On, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Fifth, I, best well, I, I,
3: episode? I would never deign to, to correct Brian. But uh, for me, my, my five, I should stipulate that honestly I could... I could place these in any order. So yeah. like that's uh, there. I just love them all. But uh, for number five, I put Bart gets famous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another, that's a good one. I, I almost put that one on my list.
3: Yeah. Like when, when I think of golden era Simpsons to me, this is uh, this is what comes to mind. Like the, the level of social commentary and pop culture references and, Uh, you know i think what brian talked about like sort of comedy that spoke to my awareness you know it Mm was things like conan o'brien and all like that was that was the stuff i knew you know and it it, you know things like my boy's a box like it's (laughs) it's it's such nonsense yet it makes me laugh every single time (laughs) yeah uh i mean that's the thing with these episodes. i've seen them so many times i don't even know how many times you know and just every single time i i can find new things to laugh about you know
1: it's such a great episode too and i think one of the one thing that stuck out to me the most besides the i didn't do it thing was conan o'brien being on that because this was in the heyday when he was writing yep. for simpsons 2 wasn't it yeah
2: or at least well he was a host at that point right because he cameos as himself a late night host right He well, he
3: like when they made the episode, he hadn't gotten the gig yet. Like, you know, because they did it so far in advance. Like when they broke the story, when they broke the story. So by the time it aired, he was he was on the show. But they were sort of like gambling that he would get the gig. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's February of 94. He started hosting in fall of 93. (laughs) amazing right so they they sort of rolled the dice and it
2: worked out
1: yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's the first prediction they made that came true
2: (laughs) right right it was just the beginning
1: (laughs) start off with conan getting his own talk show (laughs) i I do love his cameo sit still only i may dance yes But Melissa, you probably haven't gotten that far yet to see uh, Bart get famous.
0: Nope, I haven't.
1: It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I like the stuff with Krusty and Bart in that episode, too. What'd you do for me lately? Well, I got you that Danish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you do for
2: me lately, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget it.
1: That's right. <laughs> I stole it from Kent Brockman. Oh, he didn't touch it, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. uh brian you have any additional thoughts on uh bark gets famous
2: no it just it, it's so funny though that it's going to happen the whole episode but when an episode gets mentioned it just sort of unlocks a box of quotes and jokes and you're like oh yeah yeah you know you start, <laughs> it just uh gets unleashed mm-hmm. so true
1: I have a feeling it's going to be a long episode, but I'm well, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, uh, Melissa, what is your number five uh, favorite comic book guy episode?
0: Uh, my number five is uh, called "Married to the Blob,"
2: mm.
0: <laughs> and this one's from uh, season twenty-five. Okay. And it's uh, basically the comic book guy. He falls in love with a Japanese manga writer uh, named Kumiko, and but in order to marry her, he must impress Kumiko's stri- uh, strict father. Mm. And uh, this one was oh my gosh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I love it in the, in the the beginning. Um, I think I I I always loved the. The when they're all on the couch and like something happens
4: mm-hmm.
0: and this one I, I really liked because it was they're all sitting on the couch and um, Maggie she like extends an arm and she's like changing channels and the channels are like in the background and it keeps changing and it basically it gets kind of quicker it goes through the the uh, channels and goes back and goes faster and then it basically it ends up okay that's it and then she throws the remote at the TV and <laughs> breaks it breaks <laughs> in. So that, that was something I really liked. Um, but, yeah. Um, it's basically, uh, it starts out um, they, Bart and Milhouse, they're reading a comic book and it's Radioactive Man. And though Radioactive Man, he he dies. Then Bart's like, yeah, because it, it starts out in the comic and then they come out of it and what radioactive man died i wasn't expecting that and he closes the book and it's called the death of radioactive man (laughs) 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 and so then um there's a whole a reboot of uh radioactive man and so they get in line for that and uh his competitor uh comic book guys competitor um Milo, who's the owner of Coolsville Comics, um, it's just, it just comes in there, and he's all boasting that, "Oh, look at you know, look at me! I did this and this." And one of my favorite quotes from this one was, "Oh, I, I did this and this, and then I I ranked Doctor Who's by puffiness of hair." <laughs> <laughs> and um, in this one too, uh, Stan Lee makes a cameo, and. Uh, uh, so it was, he's basically he's a uh, kind of a I guess spirit guide of comic book guy. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs>
0: because he he comes and he's like, um, you know, comic book guy kind of gets a little bit depressed of you know, oh, uh, My, Milo's all you know has this successful life, he's all married and everything, and then they, you know he look at him, he's you know got his shop and everything, but that's kind of it, and so then Stan Lee shows up as a <laughs> and, you know, kind of gives him guidance. And then he meets Kumiko. And um, you know, one of the things he's like, uh, he's like, I have to, you know, walk away, breathe. And he goes into the back room. And he's like, She tolerates me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like I saw an episode with this character and they were at the, uh, they were watching like Back to the Future or something at like a cemetery screening it's like a recent one so i i guess they're still together i mean she becomes like a, a regular character for him like a relationship yeah because yeah. he's he she's there
0: um in the us she's making a an autobiographical autobiography of like a, a manga comic mm. so basically it's all the things they're doing is she's putting it into the comic and mm. And comic book guys trying to impress father, or whatever, and so he gets a real job, and and well, it turns out that you know he didn't need to get this you know quote unquote real job, um, that you know he liked him the way he was, and just right. very much like Kamiko. So yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's it's funny, but it's also really kind of cute too. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I I really enjoyed this one.
1: Nice. Yeah. Is this the one where uh, is it Jack Black plays Milo? Because I do remember an episode where Jack Black is uh, the owner of uh, like a rival comic book store. Yeah, I remember that one too. That
5: I'm not sure. Maybe,
1: but I know I had it confused with other. Because I, I think there's another episode with Stanley at the comic shop where comic book guy can't get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, that was a different. That's the one I was thinking of.
3: The, the Jack Black one that has uh, Alan Moore doing a signing at at his comic book shop, um, and he's like, uh, Le- I think Millhouse brings him a copy of Watchmen Babies.
4: <laughs> it was just such a,
3: it was such an inside reference, you know, like because Alan Moore is so pissed off about all the ways <laughs> DC has has merchandised Watchmen, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh, I always say that if people think that Stephen King dislikes every adaptation of his books, I think Alan Moore is like second in line, I'd right? say. <laughs> or probably more so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen Married to the Blah, but I'll add that to my watch list, because I do love comic book guy. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's a, it's a good one. Um, I Especially, you know, I enjoy the... Um, him and... and uh, Kamiko's Homer, uh, yeah. Homer and Kimiko's father, they get, they go to a, a Japanese bar and they end up getting drunk on on snake rice wine, and and Homer's like, ew, wine made with rice. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally ignoring the fact that I'm like it's like snake in it. No, ew, there's rice.
1: <laughs> that that that's definitely got to be a callback to the Homer versus the state of New York when he makes the same joke about Mountain Dew. Right, right. you would rather drink crab juice, the Mountain Dew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I definitely would uh, would recommend this one. This one's a a fun one.
1: Nice. Um, any last thoughts on that one before we move on? No. Um, well, I chose my number five, um, the season premiere of of season four, and that is Camp Krusty.
4: Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. So I, I just love the aspect of – this is one I remember watching a lot as a kid because my dad had – two things that my dad taped a lot for us kids growing up uh, was uh, Alf and The Simpsons. She's <laughs> so had numerous VHS tapes of both shows and just watching – these golden years on repeat and Camp Krusty was one I watched all the time. Uh one memory that, or one scene particular that always sticks out for me is when Barney is dressed up as Krusty the Clown. Um <laughs> when Mr. Black says, Oh, I no, I did not take a wino and just throw a clown costume <laughs> on him. <laughs> uh, Krusty has laryngitis in a bad bag, so he'll not be saying or doing anything.
2: <laughs>
1: <Right. laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen to evil.
2: That is one of my all-time favorite. Yeah, gentlemen, <laughs> the <to> evil. The <laughs> evil. I like
3: where they, he's like, you broke nothing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and of course, yeah, the video, I mean, you see it, I've seen it in other shows now since, but I feel like it's the first time where there's sort of like a fill in the blank for dialogue yeah. in a video. Like, Mr. Black. Yeah, Mr. Black.
3: Can we call you Uncle Blackie? Not right.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> You know that was uh, originally when they were like a, a success, and they were trying to think about doing a movie. That was
1: one yeah, of the first
2: right. ideas for the Simpsons movie. That episode,
1: I would see it. I, I love crusty uh, solution to it. It, it. It's a very crusty solution of taking all the kids to Tijuana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> south of the border. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is, if there ever was a, a crusty solution to anything, that, that's what it—that's that, what it would be. Yeah. I love the whole when crusty finally shows up to the camp and oh, a bear ate a kid. Oh my god! Yeah, oh my <laughs> actually, it was his hat. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a nice hat. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my yeah. god. Crusty <laughs> is just a character I cannot get enough of. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's
2: sort of based off of uh, I always think of like Bozo the Clown because that's who I grew up with. But he's based on like I don't name it, like Rusty Nails or something. Right.
3: That sounds familiar. Yeah. My
2: way off base. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I feel like I did look this character up because I heard some interview with uh, Matt Groening or someone. And when I saw because, you know, I'm used to Bozo being sort of a, you know, wiseacre a little bit to cookie or his sidekicks but then when i saw the actual footage of the person they based crusty off of i was like oh wow <laughs> like he's really <laughs> he's like mean and uh it's it's yeah it's something
1: and it, Krusty's really one character they they pulled no the punches with man
2: mm.
1: like this guy is a, a tax cheat or whatever and <laughs> unapologetic about it more to come on that. More to come on Krusty's morals later. I'd say.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian, what is your number four? Number four for me. I'm wondering if Zach, you may have this one. Uh, three men in a comic book. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can we can uh, go back and forth on this one, but I I love this one for a lot of reasons. I mean, first and foremost, I think I always love the episodes about the kids. And when I love kid logic, you know, the way kids think and how just kind of silly it can be, you know, I, I, the first thing, funny enough, not from this episode is when, uh, the kids are trying to figure out where, uh, the parents are going at night and they're like, okay, reverse vampire people, da like all just sort of wild nonsense that they come up with, but they take it deadly serious. And so I think. With this one, it's really fun because it it feels almost like, you know, sort of a a morality play or or something in some way where it's sort of like, uh, you know, three people go in on a deal together. You know, these kids can't afford this rare comic book, so they split their money and they think that they can uh, share it evenly, but then it ends up being trickier than they expected. And uh, so I think that is just ripe and fun and but at the same time, this was when they were really coming into what would become their voice, I think. And like riffs on on pop culture, like at the the opening, you know, when they're looking at the comics and they're wondering if so. Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich because <laughs> he became so disillusioned by money that he took his own life.
4: <laughs> can you know? Kids, can you lighten up?
2: <laughs> yeah, can you lighten up? And uh, I mean, that was, that was one of the things, right? I mean, you weren't used to watching a show and having it talk about the things you are familiar with, or the things that you joke about, and I think then they started doing that. And there's, you know, the part where where Millhouse wants to buy the carl Yastrzemski card, and when he's just like, yeah, you know, when he had the big sideburns, like that just feels like something I would have said at a baseball card shop. You know, just yeah. that that the specificity of it as a kid really I responded to that and. And then the whole, I mean, the Wonder Years joke, you know? Oh, my God. You know, where Homer's like, well, if you want to pay for this thing, you got to get a job. And Bart, (laughs) in Daniel Stern's voice, no less, from the Wonder Years, get a job? (laughs) Was he serious? Yeah. (laughs) And, And it's, first of all, I don't know that I'd ever seen a joke quite like that. And then second of all, it was the specificity. Like, they actually got Daniel Stern to do it. And then thirdly, they had to Simpsonize it and have... Homer be like, what are you looking at? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Stop it. And Bart, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, keep going back to his his Daniel Stern thoughts. So, I mean, just, so it's just a great episode, period. I mean, the story is good, but this was when the jokes were really starting to speak to me, I think. So, I don't know, Zachy?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the most formative episodes of the show for me. It's not the first one I saw, but certainly in those early years, it was the one I probably saw the most because yeah. I had it on tape when I was living in Saudi Arabia. So I just watched it a lot, you know? So, like, I could probably perform the entire episode right yeah. you now. Uh, but, yeah, the, like, the Wonder Years thing is a good example. Like, I didn't know the Wonder Years at that time. Mm. So I backed into the Wonder Years because of The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, treasure of Sierra Madre, right? The whole bit. Like, I when I watched that movie much later, I was like, oh, that's what The Simpsons was doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's that to me is the most fun I have, especially with those early episodes. I mean, obviously now, it's it, that's less likely to happen because we're just old fogies now. But like that sense <laughs> of discovering something through The Simpsons, I was always appreciative. Of. And and you know the the so many of the jokes, my gosh, you know the whole thing about uh, Bart doing the chores for for that withered yes. clam and on to a
2: grenade too yeah. long.
3: That's right. I love that. <laughs> this is you Kaiser, you hey, know. Yeah, yeah. Like him. he's not so bad, once you, you know? <laughs> yeah. um and, and just yeah, I mean the 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 thing where they're fighting in the treehouse and then uh, yes yeah, cool. Marge's like, oh you should go check on them Homer. And he's like, oh they're fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's just right at moments.
4: Yeah. Yeah
3: and, and somebody pointed out to me how that like Homer is in a room in the house that we never see again. Right. Ever, but it's just like just for that one joke,
1: you know. Until uh, the episode so... he forgets to pick up Bart, and then he's in that room again.
3: Oh, there you go. Oh, oh. Pick up Bart. uh drag sip pew. <laughs> um but yeah, that's I love I love this episode. Yeah, this is I had this as
1: number two in my list. Oh, nice, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could play your little tie-up game inside. Yeah, that's
2: right. That's so cute. That's so quintessential, Marge. <laughs>
0: I have to, go to the, I have to
5: go to
3: the bathroom. Yeah. No, <laughs> shut up.
2: Shut up. T- Tell them what we do do with
3: squealers. Is anything like what you do with people who want to go to the bathroom? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what I also appreciated speaking to what you were talking about, the Sierra Madre and everything? Like at the beginning, when the uh, radioactive man, you know, the person who played Fallout Boy is just like, look, just please be tasteful. I don't want to talk about Dirk Richter's. Tragic death or whatever, like it, <laughs> it's like something where I'm like, this is so specific, and I don't get it. But then you get older and you realize that this—I don't know—it could be Bob Crane, it could be George Reese, yeah, right. the actor who plays yeah, that's right. whatever <laughs> it is. But it's like sort of referencing like a thing, you know. And it's it's like you get older and you you all these different jokes like r- reveal themselves to you, and you go, oh, I didn't. Oh, like and, that's and,
3: and to that point, you know, when Buddy Hodges talks about playing Rum Tum Tugger in Cats.
2: Yes. It's the first time I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So funny.
1: I, I like the cigarette commercial, too. I, can't, yes. it's, I can smoke Laramie cigarettes. Not till you're 15. Not to right, you 16. Right. Is it like that?
2: So good. Nice. High five.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you have a three-way high five. I'm sure <laughs> Melissa has that on her list, too.
0: Spoiler alert! It's number two.
4: Hey!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yahtzee. Yeah. <laughs> I think Melissa and Zachy just became best friends. There you go. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Did we just become best friends?
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
4: That's
1: too good. It is too good. I like the joke they make in there too about uh when uh, Mayor Quimby says "Radiation Man." And you get Jimbo in the background for the Ishiman jerk, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great Mayor Quimby cameo there,
4: yeah.
1: Uh, talk about the references they make in that episode what about the random Gone with the Wind reference with uh, the iodine in the shadows, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what kids love, <laughs> Gone with the Wind references. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But that's what that's what's so great about that show, you know. It 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 just went for it and it was like you'll get it eventually, you know?
2: Which uh, I, I get I get jealous. I mean, on on some of the shows I've worked on, you know, I'll have a joke and you'll get a note from the network saying, Well, kids won't get this and I'm like, Well, so <laughs> you know, like right. either they will or at least their parents will go, Hey, that's for me. And I think uh, I remember when I saw Citizen Kane for the first time. I went, "What? This is like five Simpsons episodes. Like (laughs) the whole movie has been pilfered, you know?" By
3: Charles Montgomery Burns.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a man, or there is a man, you know, like all that stuff. And it's, it's just uh, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. I mean, oh yeah, Mr. Burns was another one you could easily do five episodes, and it's. I just feel like that's so bold and mm. and brave and and rich and uh it's like leaving treasure that you will discover at some point. I think mm. I that's yeah. part of the appeal of the show for me.
1: Uh I when I I I do this uh, I'm part of this small theater troupe that does these uh sketches sketch shows called Comedia. Mm. And one of the ones I I planned on doing like four or five separate segments on was like a kids show hosted by Stephen King. <laughs> and it was just random references to all the stuff. And, like, like one of them, oh, that's my neighbor, Jordy Vero, that lunkhead. Like, <laughs> just playing it up like that. My dad's like, oh, uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to get those references, though. Right, right, right. Yeah, but but some people will, and they'll very much appreciate them. Well, when uh, our director's uh, son came, youngest son came to watch the show last year, this past Spring, he goes, I figured all the pop culture verses were written by Jared and my dad. <laughs> 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 of which there were many. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Simpsons has just been that zeitgeist where it's at, that per, it's at the perfection of referencing everything and making it work. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, not stopping the story for it. It's just woven in. I think Looking at was... you, family guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah.
1: <laughs> the ham-fisted reference show. Well, Zachy, what? Since uh, Brian's number four is your number two. What is your number four? Uh, I have Lemon of Troy.
2: Ah, I thought about that one. It's a good yeah. one. Yep. I think
3: I think this is end to end one of the one of the most perfect uh, encapsulations of what. Simpsons episode should be just in, in terms of uh, you have lots of, I mean, it's just rat a tat tat with the jokes, but it's also there's like an actual story in there. It's about having pride in your town, it's about Bart being witty, it's about Bart teaming up with Homer, you know, just everything works, and of course, it has uh, so this is what it looks like when doves cry, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was just a
1: great
2: episode all around. Stop putting your
1: backpack over your left shoulder. We invented that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then when he he thinks the spray paint cans are going to lift him away. And then he just ends up getting his (laughs) shoes painted. I mean, it's
3: like, that's such a kid thing, right?
2: Yep. Yep. A lot of great kid, like I say, like kid logic in that episode.
1: I I love it so much. My favorite joke from this has to be Flanders at the end. Yes. Eat all of our shirts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: and then or when they're looking for clues right and he's just like hey look oh it's just a rock shaped like a lemon it's like oh but there's a lemon behind that rock (laughs) all that kind of stuff all the
1: subversion shake harder boy
2: (laughs) 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 they really capture that weird feeling too of being in a town that isn't yours right yeah. You know, where it belongs to other people, but it so it doesn't feel quite right to you. That's <laughs> so well said,
1: yeah. It's almost like the episode of Seinfeld where um, Elaine is hanging out with Bizarro Jerry, Bizarro, yeah. Jerry. Bizarro yeah. George.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's Feldman from across the hall. <laughs>
5: <Yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> uh, Most of you gotten around the scene limit of Troy
5: sounds familiar, but
0: I don't remember that
1: one. All you got to know is a Lemon Tree. and It's like, they don't go to Shelbyville very often, it seems like, in the show, because they build up this huge feed between Springfield and Shelbyville, and you sadly don't get much of it, but this is like one of the, like, probably the peak of the Springfield-Shelbyville rivalry, I'd say. Mm. So I haven't really watched much past 2008, much like Brian. So, I don't know how much they've gone back to Shelbyville in those years past. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's
5: a good one. That's a real good one. Limitless
1: Troy. Any final thoughts? That's it for me. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> All right. Uh, Melissa, what is your number four featuring Comic Book Guy?
0: Uh, mine is. Uh, Homer the Whopper. Hmm. <laughs> and it's from season 21 and it's um, uh, Barton millhouse uh, it basically they they convince uh, comic book guy into publishing a comic
4: mm-hmm. and
0: comic book that he wrote because you find they find this comic book and oh it's every man and in which the the main character he basically he's um, an overweight average man called Avery Man, and he basically he can absorb some <laughs> powers of, from the characters of comic books he touches. So, like <laughs> in the episode, he he like he in, in the the comic book, he absorbs the power of like Iron Man and then uh, Plastic Man, and <laughs> it's all these different things. And and uh, Barton Mills, like they really. Uh, I really liked the the comic, and uh, one of the the lines that I was, <laughs> sort of relatable, I guess. Um, at Milhouse, he's like reading it. I escaped from my troubles. Now they're back in spades. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one was a lot of fun. Uh, they basically uh, the the um, the comic gets published, and then it basically it, it ends up. Kind of goes everywhere to all different kinds of comic book uh, shops, and then a film company uh, ends up uh, interested in them and then to make this into a movie because oh, it's a really neat concept. And so, the only condition that comic book guy has is that he has to be in charge of picking who plays uh, the the main character. Mm. At first, they're they, like, no, you can't, and then. Um, you know, they they make an agreement and yep, you know, you can uh, you know pick him and homer gets the uh, gets the role because they're You know, they're looking he's looking for just the, you know average looking guy. That's because you know, his character is and uh, So homer he oh, he's just he comes into the the shop when they're doing auditions and He's like, oh, I need change for uh, I need change for a dollar I also need a dollar <laughs> and he, he becomes the star of the, the, the movie. And it basically, um, you know, it turns into the, the studio kind of taking charge of it. And, Oh, that Homer has to become, you know, this physically fit character. Cause you know, they don't want the audience doesn't want some, you know, uh, the, they don't want to see the, the regular guy. They want to see this physically fit superhero. And, uh, so, yeah, it's all the uh, stuff with, the, they get a fitness trainer and it's this whole
3: thing. <laughs> oh, is that with Seth Rogen? I feel like. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seth Rogen, he he wrote the episode and then uh, he also plays the fitness trainer.
2: I kind of remember that, like the, the news story of that.
1: This one completely blank, so I'm excited for a second I thought it was I thought there was an episode where comic book guy creates something to compete with uh Bart's angry dad uh mm. comics and web animation, but this I'm guessing this isn't it.
0: No. No, this one's not it. This one there it's basically uh the, the comic book comes the movie and it basically kind of becomes a, a bit of a disaster. <laughs> And they, they, they try to make it better with, oh, because, um, McCarthy, he, the fitness instructor, he ends up leaving. So then Homer starts eating again. He sees, uh, these cheese cubes and he's like, he eats some, he's like, well, I, I can't, you know, not eat a even number of cheese cubes. So he keeps eating. He's like, don't look at me. And he's whooping down all these cheese cubes. And, uh, <laughs> So then, it ends up he can't fit into his costume anymore. He can't even like get out of his trailer. They're literally cutting him out of it. And uh, so then they 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 try, uh, you know, when they they were early filming, so they their early footage, and they try editing it where oh, you know, one time he's fat, one time he's not, and they actually like audience member actually points out like what is going on. And <laughs> the continuity guy didn't do this right. <laughs> and then it basically it it ends with um the studio executives, you know they offer you know comic book guy to direct the sequel. and he um he basically what he has to do though, on condition is say that, oh, it was a really good movie that he approves of it. And of course, you know he doesn't, and he rejects that offer and then he openly, uh, criticizes the movie by only saying "worst movie ever." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this this one I I really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> I think you know it's so funny because it's like with these earlier ones, I can you know someone will say something like, "Oh, it, it sparks three memories from it," you know, immediately. And it's like with these newer ones, I'm like, "Wow, this is so weird!" Like I don't know these. <laughs> So it's like, this is good. I mean, I'm going to write these down, and then I'll go check them out.
1: We're getting we're getting educated now in these yeah. later episodes. <laughs> this is good. It seems like it would be a good companion episode to the one where Homer tries to gain weight to earn disability. Yeah. <laughs> or um, was it season one or season two where they go to Mount Splashmore and they have to cut him out of the water slide? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they try to put Homer on the Marvel diet. Yeah. Where you can only drink water and look at a look at a picture of a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
0: just, that's good. Yeah, it's funny. They and they're oh, they're gonna start out and say, like, oh, we're gonna do a uh, a montage, and it, it's gonna be to I of the Tiger, and oh, can we do it to um, David Bowie's Heroes? okay and they, they have like a tape player like it switches and it plays that song and oh he starts like doing jumping jacks <laughs> he's like oh can we do uh like what me walking walking no can we
2: just <laughs> so you know it almost feels like the writer's flexing their budget too it's just like uh i the tiger's like no let's do a david bowie song
1: because we can afford it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Then it's off the beaten path too, so Yeah.
0: So yeah, this this one's definitely I'd say worth a watch. Alright, nice. One. Yeah. And there's also I really like some of the uh in the background, like they're at the, the studio and there's like some little like, Easter eggs in the like as um like movie posters. Mm. And they've got um in that one of them is Eddie Murphy in a fat suit. <laughs> 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 and was uh, Welcome Back Potter.
2: <laughs> like Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah,
0: like mm-hmm. Harry Potter. <laughs>
1: I was wondering if this was going to be the infamous one where it had uh, Star Wars opening up against a Chipmunks movie. Yes, it was. Oh, so what, this, this was the one that had the Star Wars and Chipmunks movie one?
0: Yeah, the Star Wars The Apology. And then uh, Chipmunks uh, have rabies or get rabies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's another one that came true. Was it? Was it Force Awakens or Last Jedi opened up against one of the Chipmunks movies? Oh, really? <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, the Chipmunks got destroyed. You know, but yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. That one. <laughs> Zachy, do you have any thoughts on this one? Because this one's a little fuzzier to me and Brian. So yeah,
3: no, it's it's. I I remember having watched it, but it it's one of the more recent ones, so I haven't seen it as as many times.
1: I'm definitely like Brian. i me writing a list down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll watch that one. <laughs> well, if there's no further thoughts on this one. On most number four, I'll move on to mine. Yeah, and mine's from uh, season twelve, and it is insane clown poppy with uh drew Barrymore's. yeah i remember this one
2: yeah me too great one. Uh,
1: it's got a great supporting character i love fat tony too like he's probably mm-hmm. the one you could do some good episodes on yeah but uh i think one of my favorite things has to be when they're at the book fair well first of all it all starts off when homer and bart blow up lisa's room with firecrackers and to make it up to her on her birthday, they take her to a book fair, and it's never addressed again. They blow up her room <laughs> just, to get, just to get a stuck tape out of the, v, the VCR. Right. <laughs> but I think one of the things I love most about this episode is uh, Marge's interaction with Stephen King at the book fair.
2: Yes, right.
1: Wow, he's writing a book of ben Fran- about Ben Franklin, and it turns into a Stephen King thing. And Well, give me a call when you go back to horror, and loki okie and Yeah. Writes himself a little memo to call Marge <laughs> when he gets back to horror.
2: I also had the Christopher Walken reading Goodnight yeah.
1: Moon, right? Uh, Jay Moore is Christopher Walken. Yeah. night, Moon. I, goodnight Moon. Scooch. You, the red yeah, shirt, yeah. scooch closer. <laughs> I'll not shop, tell shop. you again about the scooching. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost as good as... a. Uh, odorous from guar reading goodnight moon that's also a good read if you ever hear that <laughs> 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 but uh i love all that but i it, it seems like uh like you mentioned brian with your number five with bart cheating on his test the deadbeat dad thing almost sounds like a another uh, sitcom trope here and they have it with crusty I love the twist that it's an Iraqi sold, or it's a soldier during the Gulf War, and how um, Krusty stops her from killing Saddam just because it will kill his routine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I love how the woman just hates clowns from now on because when they go to drop the daughter off the house, have all these paintings of hanging dead clowns and shit hanging around her apartment, and. But I just love, I think that trope of the deadbeat dad, it's trying so hard and fits Crusty so well And that he uses Homer as his inspiration to, like, take tips from to become a father right. when they're at the beach. And it's probably one of the better of the later, because I think season 12 is probably when I started to watch more sporadically. Maybe season or two later than that, but, like, thought it was a pretty solid episode for double-digit seasons.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Like uh, the introduction of the character Jimmy Tightlips for the mob. <laughs> I ain't saying <laughs> oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jimmy the Squealer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see. So that'd be moving on to our number three. So, Brian, what is your number three? Oh, man.
2: Okay. This is this is like a fun little game, too, with... Uh, See who else, (laughs) where they overlap. I went for number three with uh, season six, episode eight, Lisa on Ice. Nice. Um, I love this episode for a lot of reasons, but I I had to get a Bart and Lisa episode in there because I think this show does a really fun job of making them feel like siblings, and they drive each other crazy, but ultimately (laughs) they love each other. And you know this one doesn't get into it as much but she's so pragmatic and he's just so all over the place like one of my favorite this is from another episode but when um bart has those dinosaur little sponges that he thinks will <laughs> you know blow up and he thinks he's going to get it to eat lisa and it just you know becomes an inch big and floats into the sewer like i just i love the difference between them but they when, at the end of the day they're on the same team and I think this episode perfectly encapsulates that I mean even like you know I mentioned four foot summer four foot two earlier where Bart can be such a jerk to Lisa but at the end he does something very sweet for her and um or secret war of Lisa Simpson I actually I get genuinely moved when they're mm-hmm. at that military academy and everyone's picking on Lisa and at the end when she's struggling on that final uh that test you know hanging mm-hmm. on the rope and Bart you know pushes all the other Kids away and starts yelling encouragement at her. So, but, so and, I, and
3: Brian, just you know, you were talking about it when Bart gets the little dinosaur thing. You know, in his imagination, it's a big dinosaur, and it eats Lisa. But it just kind of—it's a squishy sponge thing, right? He's yeah, not. Yeah, she's,
2: she's upset that it, she got wet. <laughs> yeah, like
3: it's not. You know what I mean? He's not imagining. Yeah, he doesn't want to eat her. Yeah. happening
2: her, You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's just <laughs> brother stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like absolutely exactly. I'm glad you pointed that out. And. It, and I think in this one, I think it's it's such a fun episode too, because we get to see Lisa actually get kind of aggressive, you know, and her realizing there's one subject she's failing in, which is gym, and so she's ends up, you know, playing uh, little league hockey. And Bart's like the sports guy, and he's the guy who can do all this stuff well. And it ends up she she gets quite good at it, and so it becomes this big showdown at the end that ultimately ends with them. I think it's like a, a penalty shot, and it's it's split the whole stadium. Uh, you know, who they're rooting for, Bart or Lisa. And there's this wonderful moment, right, where they each have these memories hmm. of when they were growing up. And you see, uh, you know, she, Lisa is a little little kid dropping her ice cream, scoop ice cream off the cone. And so Bart pushes one of his onto hers and, and those sorts of things. And it's just so incredibly touching for such a show. That's what, that's what again, the, the sort of the miracle of the show is, like, it can be subversive, it can be ironic, but it never... When it's at its best, in my opinion, loses its heart, mm. and I think it makes their relationship feel very uh, real. You know, you actually you can feel real emotions from their dynamic. Mm. Um, but but then on top of that, it's got these amazing jokes. You know, like the me fail English, that's impossible. <laughs> that's that's
1: Which is I use that reference all the time.
2: Yeah, that's, that's an all timer joke. You well, know, at I mean,
1: Lisa
3: throws the notice in the wastebasket. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh the, the whole thing too i absolutely love this joke where where bart is like well shoot i mean if lisa's getting good at sports and whatnot maybe i'll be <laughs> i'll get really i'm really smart and so bart, simpson,
3: bart simpson yes bart simpson stop <laughs> raising your hand
2: yeah <laughs> i think he's raising his hand thinking he's gonna have the answer but yeah he's wrong every single time you <laughs> haven't want to have a single answer right all day stop raising your hand <laughs> absolutely hilarious um and then you know the uh you know Homer, don't you eat this pie? <laughs> and Homer like, okay, well I'm just gonna go like this, home, home. And if you get in your in my way, it's your own fault. So just so I mean, absolutely heartwarming, and also you know great character stuff and just amazing jokes. So these are nice for me. Number three.
1: Zach, any thoughts?
3: Uh, it's it's a good episode. A lot of <laughs> lot of fun memories.
1: Melissa have you seen this one? Well Melissa is muted, so I will talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one of those ones I grew up with fond memories of too. I remember my dad laughing his ass off at the Mighty Pigs mm. uh, for Chief Wiggum's hockey team. Yeah, great one. I also love the shot of uh, I love the scene where uh, Homer's talking about uh, when it was at Lisa's first practice. They say, to like, don't be hazing or whatever, and then all of a sudden he starts chasing Uder with a wet right. towel. <laughs> right, right. Don't run. Don't make me run. I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. good. And I love, uh, Brian, how you brought up how Homer with the pie ends up hitting his head on the vent above yeah. the stove. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I can't remember. He's like, ow, oh, oh, to hell with it.
1: And he just eats the guy.
2: <laughs> <by. laughs> That's right. <laughs> but then, of course, I mean, that, that whole joke is its a callback to Bart and Lisa doing that upstairs where they're yeah. fighting like children. You know, well, I'm going to go like this, swinging the arms, kicking the legs. And if you're in the way. And it's just so cute, too, because they close their eyes and they're swinging their arms and kicking their legs and just going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> So cute.
1: I like the whole gag with uh, Milhouse's teeth also.
2: Yeah,
4: right.
1: <laughs> you have my teeth.
2: <laughs> yeah, poor
1: Millhouse. <laughs> um, Melissa, have you seen Lisa and Ice?
2: I did
0: answer your question. I didn't realize that my mic was muted. I don't know uh, why it was.
1: So well, I'm, I, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, mom appreciated your answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. No, I haven't seen the the episode.
1: Okay, yeah, good one. You got a good one waiting for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're a big hockey fan like I am. I know you're gonna love it.
0: Yep, Oh, definitely. I haven't even seen it, and I already love it.
1: Also, <laughs> <laughs> you get the great reference since you just watched the first two Mighty Ducks films for the first time recently. You get oh. the the reference to uh, the Mighty Pigs, which is a uh, Bart's team <laughs> coached by Chief Wigum.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Can't remember the name of uh, Pooh's team though. Can't either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like me, fail English. That is like one of the all-time great Ralph Wiggum quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like another character you could do, like a top five on. Oh man, easily.
2: And when he gets called up there, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, I yay, won. I
4: won." <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, Ralph, you're failing
1: English. <laughs> Feel good. Are you guys fans of the Bloodhound Gang at all?
2: I remember them, you know, like in in the time, like on the radio, but not more than that, I think.
1: So they had an album come out, I want to say like 2007-ish, 2008 maybe. Maybe a little earlier than that. And the song is called Ralph Wiggum, and the whole song is Ralph quotes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like Sam and Gutter and Ema Vitniage and... I'm a pop sensation, like all that stuff. Funny. (laughs) I bet my Wookiee chocolate microscope. I bet
2: my Wookiee, yeah. (laughs) I'll
1: have to send you that. I'll have to send the the link to that song for you guys. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Nice. Yeah, I want to hear it. Brian, that was your number three? Yep. Uh, Zachy, what is your number three?
3: Uh, I have Radio Bart. My
1: number three. Nice. Yes. uh
3: This is another one. You know, I I saw it uh, a bunch of times when I was a kid, so it really has stayed with me. But I think the best Bart episodes to me are where they have uh, obviously heavy satirical bent, but there's also some aspect of Bart learning a lesson without it mm. being too sort of uh, syrupy. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this one work for me is like there's a whole there's a whole arc, you know, uh, that Bart goes on. And it's it's sort of disguised by all the all the pop culture references and just the the, you know, sting
4: (laughs) and things like that. Yeah. Uh,
3: And it's just yeah, again, it's it's one that I've revisited so, so many times.
2: That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's so many. Again, yeah, that's probably one of those things when I was young and I started recognizing, you know, like the the sending our love down a well that's sort right. of concept, you know, that's like we right. are the world kind of thing. You know, and I was like, I, I get that. You know, You're like right. as a as like a young person finally having something sort of smart that was enough of a reference that I could understand made me feel smart. You know, it was yeah, I definitely remember feeling that from that episode.
1: A great one. I might be in the minority here, but I think like they, the Simpsons do put a lot of heart into their episodes, or most of them, but I really think Greening's creative team really hit their stride with like episodes hitting you right in the feels of Futurama. Like Simpsons really does try, mm-hmm. and they do put some heart in there, but it always seems like Futurama always did a better job of getting you right in the feels when it came to Matt Greening projects, though.
2: That's interesting, yeah.
1: You know, I feel like
2: earlier Simpsons did that a lot. Like, I I didn't use this episode, but uh, I, I think a lot about the one where Homer steals Cable and it becomes this sort of moral dilemma between him and Lisa. And I love that the episode ends with him doing... I mean, I think Homer feels like ultimately it's probably the right thing to go outside and not watch this big boxing match, but he's really doing it for his daughter, you know, and just because he wants his daughter to continue, you know, feeling good about him. And it just, yeah. it's just like that—that that, uh, character and family dynamic and emotionality. Like I feel like, as things w- certainly when it went past like tens, it was really more about. I think that's like when Family Guy came onto the scene around then, and it was more like or or South Park. And I think Simpsons sort of felt like it probably needed to compete with cruelty a little bit, um, and like it wasn't cool to to have like the sort of heart ending. But I would say that the ones with the heart may be the ones that I remember more.
1: Yeah. Going off that logic, too, you also have the one where Bart uh, cuts the head off of Jebediah Springfield.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, which becomes sort of like a morality thing. And uh, it sort of like uh, revels in how corny – like it itself revels in the corniness of it at the end, you know? Um, But it's still sweet, nonetheless, you know? It's like a telltale heart sort of thing, right? Where the head's talking to him.
1: And they erased it all away when they found out that Jebediah Springfield was a dirty, dirty pirate. Years later. That's right. (laughs) I do love, I think one of the gags I love most from this one is uh, when Sting's digging the hole down there. And uh, Sting, you look tired, you should take a break. Yeah. Not when one of my fans needs me.
3: Not when one oh. of my fans needs me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think well, i ever heard Bart play your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I
4: No,
3: and, and when they dig through, <laughs> Bart's like, Sting! And then Homer just pushes him out of the way. Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: was a good one. That was a good one. I also like the birthday party at the beginning. Hey, I, I had those at Wally Weasels.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is that oh, the one with the, you're the birthday boy or girl? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Right. Yeah, that's right. I, Senor, I still send that to people on their birthdays. Senor
1: Beaverati? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the
3: whole the um, the whole, uh, the whole run in the beginning with the the chocolate, strawberry, vanilla ice cream. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: That is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and he just wants chocolate, and he's like, "Marge, we need to buy more strawberry chocolate vanilla ice cream." <laughs> there's,
1: only, there's only one beer left in the house, and it's Bart's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the
3: label maker. That's right. That's and, right. And when he's uh, when Bart pranks uh, Rod and Todd. Yes. Rod, Todd, this is God.
1: <laughs> yeah. how, did, how did you get on the radio? <laughs>
3: you want a happy God or a vengeful God?
1: Happy God! <laughs> uh, Walk through the wall. I'll remove yeah, it for you. Yeah,
3: later. <laughs> later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Great choice. Uh, Most of this is an earlier episode, so have you seen this one yet? <laughs>
0: I have, but I, it, it probably has to be one I either have to watch the first time or have to watch again because I don't remember. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. It's a, you, you get uh, very much like we did our critic review of season two last year earlier this year with Jeremy Lloyd, how they had the the critic aid song. We we raise our raisinets. Mm-hmm. You get a, a you get a song much like that with where Center I Loved on the Well, with, with yeah. the Krusty crusty the clown and the capital city goofball and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> princess, 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 Kashmir. <laughs> Bring your wolf castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, but, they haven't done a lot of McBain stuff in the later seasons. Hmm. That seemed to be like a very early season thing. like a little clip of them watching McBain or mm-hmm. the preview of the next McBain movie. Yeah, that's, that,
5: that's interesting. I didn't think about that.
1: Well, um, we move on to Melissas number
0: three yeah, um mine is from season twelve and it's called uh worst episode ever mm. and this is one where a uh, comic book guy he has uh basically he has a heart attack and um
1: yes, this one I know
0: who uh, run the store
2: <laughs> right, yes, yeah.
1: The one where he falls in love with uh, Skinner's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was
2: it, yeah.
1: Was
3: this the, was this Biclops? Was that this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Is this the one That's... where they find that secret room? Yeah. Also? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they, they, yeah, they, they show all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's but like yeah. alternate it's... endings to movies or something. I can't remember.
0: Um,.
5: Yeah, something like that. It's um no, it's the uh It's them Weren't
1: they Weren't they like, tapes of people in Springfield?
0: Yeah, it was the, like security camera footage. Uh of
1: different people.
0: Yeah. So then the the kids they they plan a uh, like a movie night, whatever screening of this.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's well, like it's on the tip of my brain. There's little parts of it I remember.
1: Well, it yeah. seems like watching this episode as a kid or much younger is just the one thing that was stuck in my brain is when the cops catch comic book guy and he's in the heart of passions with uh with Skinner's mom and the cops just being disgusted by it.
2: Right, right. Which is kinda like a Harold and Maud sort of thing, right? With like the record player and Yeah.
0: And, and he's he's offered uh to lower uh fines, whatever if he puts pants on.
2: Right, 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 right.
0: <laughs> and also, uh Tom Savini is in this one.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> That's basically where,
0: where everything kind of starts is he's he's there and uh at this uh, oh like Tom Savini's in there like to talk or whatever. And um uh, basically, Tom is just like playing pranks on him and kind of humiliating comic book guy. And then um, he just before he, he's about to declare that you know everyone is banned from the store, he collapses.
2: Yeah, yeah, I kind
0: of <laughs> yeah.
5: remember
1: that.
4: Yeah,
1: uh, like I have watched this one a, a couple times, but that the thing with uh, Skinner's mom and comic book guys, I think thing. Stands out to make Center of remember Is the two cops, Lou and Eddie? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, one of them puking when they say what happens. It's okay, Eddie. You don't have a soul, it doesn't affect you, you right? Right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they can't hold me forever, Agnes. Tell me to wait for me. Are you kidding? My bones are half dust. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, <Sorry, half laughs>
1: <dust.
2: laughs> good stuff.
5: Mm-hmm. I wish I remembered this episode better. You need to watch it again. It's, a fun one.
1: it's just sitting right there in Disney+. It is. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: no excuses not to see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so, yeah. did Brian, do you have any other thoughts on this episode?
2: No, just that I remember bits of it. So, yeah, it's – I mean, this is – it's been a while since I've really gone through. Like, sometimes I'll stop on it on TV, you know, Simpsons episodes. But this is making me feel like, oh, this would be fun to just sort of put on the background and just kind of chug through these again.
1: Yeah, I don't – I haven't had cable for a long time now, but I find out whenever I travel for work, uh, I – I don't know what's on. I'm in my hotel room, so I'll just throw something on. I come across the Simpsons, and it's most likely like later season episodes, like mm-hmm. "What the heck happened here?" Uh, Flanders is married to Mrs. Krabappel now, like,
2: right? Right.
1: No, he's not, so it's just all these random episodes, like all these random episodes on, because more than likely with at least six, seven hundred episodes now at this point. Mm. More likely, it's an episode you haven't seen before. If you just throw it on TV, if you, if you haven't kept close an eye on them, you know? right? Right.
2: The odds are good
1: <laughs> out of you know thirty seasons. It's not like Clerks had only had six episodes and only one of them made the air, so right. <laughs> Where did Zachy go? I'm right here. There he is.
2: There's our special guy. Whenever Zachy's gone, everyone should be asking, where's Zachy?
4: (laughs) Where's Zachy? (laughs) Everybody
1: at home, say now. One, two, three. Where's Zachy?
4: Where's
1: Zachy? That's our episode. That's our show's new catchphrase. Where's Zachy? Well, he's not on this episode. (laughs) Uh, Zachy, do you have any thoughts on Melissa's choice for number three?
3: No, no, I, I mean, I remember it being being a funny one. I haven't seen it in a little while, but I, yeah, I mentioned Biclops and I remember that cracked me up. That's a, like, Bart leaves Millhouse alone for a little while to run the comic book shop and like, you know, this uh, comic published by like an eyeglass company comes in and <laughs> Milhouse is like, oh, this, he's just like me, he wears glasses and like, yeah. Um, he ends up, you know, investing however much of their money
2: into selling Biclops. Biclops i love this by a glasses company yeah (laughs) i remember having a comic book by jello once it was like jello man (laughs) that's hilarious so funny
3: i remember there used to be these comics that were put out by uh like a like a ministry but they were archie
2: literally archie
3: they're literally archie so it'll be like you know, hey Archie, you want to go to the concert? And he'll be like, "Well, I, I'm, you know, I have to, uh, you know, like I, I, I would, but you know, I have to choose this path instead." And it's very odd because it's actually Archie. It's not like a knock not off. Interesting.
2: I wonder, yeah, yeah, like it was
3: licensed out, or it was licensed out. But it was, it like I was just thinking, like, I, can you imagine that today? You know what I mean? I
2: know, right? Yeah.
3: Like, like the, the same company that makes Riverdale a TV show would, like, to have right, Archie right. To, you know.
1: It, yeah. it, it might be a little bit farther of a stretch for Archie to have that path post-Riverdale. Right, yeah, right,
2: exactly.
1: Right. Like, though, to my recollection, my years of comic book, like, the only Archie comics I've bought were Archie meets Predator. Oh, ah. there
4: you go.
1: And I can give it the two thumbs up and see the blood and gore in the Archie art style is great. (laughs) That's really funny. That was Melissa's number three. Moving on. My number three, uh, I teased a little bit earlier about where Krusty's morals lie. I went with The Last Temptation of Crust from Mm, season nine. That's a great one. That's a A canyon arrow. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I love all the, the, looking back at all these episodes I wrote down for Krusty, um, it seems like they really pull out the red carpet for cameo appearances mm. whenever it's a Krusty-based episode, like we've had one with Stephen King and all already. Usually Kelsey Grammer when Sideshow Bob's around. Yeah. Um, with this last tentation of Krusty, you get Jay Leno, Janine Garofalo, Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah. Stephen Wright. So many great cameos in this one. Get um, Jay
2: Leno and a monkey giving a clown a bath.
1: Like <laughs> 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 with the loof or get out.
2: <laughs> it's so
3: funny that that Jay Leno is the guy lecturing Krusty about selling out.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right? Like Hey, I washed your hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never got why they got on Bart were saying the of uh, the tangles are just impossible when Jay's the first one to bring it up. They, everybody looks at Bart, weird.
4: Right.
1: <laughs> oh, look at my list. You know what? I forgot to leave an episode off my list. So I'll have to throw it on real quick. Bart the Fink. I didn't leave that. I didn't put that on my list at all. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. With Rorby Bellows. Dang. Shame on me. But now it's start over. Okay. Ah. Everybody <laughs> take a break. Yeah. <laughs> Last temptation to cross. Uh, one thing that holds a special place in this episode for me, too, is um, I had this CD of so Get Some Sonic with the Simpsons. I had like 40-some-odd songs from the Simpsons, on uh, and one of them was the Canyon Arrow jingle.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Canyon Arrow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I remember it's like, it's a squirrel squashing deer smacking whatever. Driving machine. machine. Driving <laughs> machine.
1: Yeah. It's a kick. Kentucky Fried Truck Endorsed by a Clown. <laughs>
2: right. That's so good. And isn't it, it comes in twice, doesn't it? Like, it, like, yeah. takes yeah, over at the credits. End, they at do,
4: the
3: end. like, the, the extended version at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Um, I do love how it just speaks to Krusty. Like, cru it just, at the end of the episode, it's Krusty just says, like, I'm a sellout. It's just, I love how our Time the Kenyan Girl guys keep coming back. They keep seeing the word free in his... Ponytail keeps popping out.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Stop
1: saying that. Yeah. What's with? Uh, I, I, it's a good one where they try to make. They always try to make Krusty self-aware of how bad he has it. Where they call him in this one, he's the most promising comic of 1959. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love how out of touch. It seems they have a good continuity with Krusty. How he's so out of touch. He's such a horrible person. And they try and try to make him a better person. And he just keeps reverting back to the way he was. And everybody still just loves him for it. Yeah. Even with the doing the incredibly insensitive jokes. When he's doing the uh, um, stand-up special. With the oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this was ahead of its time, too. Before a lot of people started getting, like touchy about comedy like they are now
4: that's yeah.
1: true another prediction came true <laughs>
4: why
1: well, do you love the i love his new brand of stand up when he starts uh talking uh doing comedy at moe's
2: <laughs> is that and then homer's like don't you hate pants or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't tell
3: much you hate pants <laughs> <laughs>
1: i want to start telling it like it is, like Krusty. Bart, you're getting a little fatter on the thighs. You too, Marge. <laughs> Shut up, Homer. You're the fattest one in the car. you did have to tell it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I, I did love like, – I, I, I'm a little bit of a fan of Bob Caggle, and Steven Wright and Janine Garofalo, too, so I did like their cameos in there, too. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it was probably more of a list of who could we get. Right.
2: Yeah, sure, sure.
1: I figured Janine is probably still at her height at this time, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw an article about her recently. It
2: might have been New York Times, where they were giving her props for, like, hey, she actually never really sold out. (laughs) Kind of stayed true to herself and still doing her thing.
3: She stayed a C-plus time traveler.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Call back to one of your shows. Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: right. right. (laughs)
1: I'll always know her as the bowler from Mystery Men. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. Or that weird uh, Japanese game show sketch that she did in SNL with Alec Baldwin oh. and Chris Farley.
3: And Mike Myers, right? He was the host. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're cutting their fingers off. and <laughs> That
3: was a weird one. Yeah. It's funny, but it's odd.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've always loved Janine Garofalo. It's great whenever she pops up in something like that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I always remember about that episode is when how taken aback Marge is by her comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, mentioned, I quickly mentioned Bart the Fink as being an episode I should have la- added to my list, but I didn't. Um, it's when Krusty calls Marge a dingbat. <laughs> and I think it's a lot of episodes that involve Krusty where it it, it really does bring out how dull Marge is. Um. Like in this episode where they're at the mall and do you like to laugh? And she's just sitting there like, oh, unless it's against, unless it's at someone or with someone, and she just keeps trailing off. Yeah. About she loves to laugh. <laughs> or uh, it's a, uh it's a later episode, Mr. Spritz goes to Washington where they get crusty to run for Congress and the swear jar breaks and hear Marge swear. It's like, oh, fudge nuggets or whatever the heck it is. I love how that callback to uh, Krusty calling Marge a dingbat is a uh, because uh, Bart gave gave her some, uh, she gave Bart some advice about like the corniest like mom advice she can think of like oh it's always the darkest before the day or whatever and he was like oh, no offense because your mom's a dingbat I really think like Krusty like the Krusty's a good polar opposite for Marge of how she's all straight laced and. White bread, for lack of a better sense, and crusty just doesn't give two shits tells it like it is, and really points out like how square someone square, like Marge can be.
2: Yeah, she's it's so I, I think they struggled with her, honestly, you know, but when they did find the uh or at least when someone was assigned a marge specific episode sometimes they found some really good stuff there like with the uh you know her chanel suit and those Oh that's a great one. You know yeah. like really dug or, into her her inner life. Or but, her gambling uh, problem Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes they struggled what to do with her in the ensemble but like when they really did dig into her you know as the main focus sometimes they found some really solid stuff So, uh, Brian, what is your number two? Number two for me. Wondering again, I'm like, who else has this? Uh, Bart sells his soul. Hey. You have that? I do. Hey, episode <laughs> or season seven, episode four. Oh my gosh. This, you know, I don't think I did this on purpose, but I'm realizing that these episodes cover sort of a spectrum of what I like about the show. And, you know, whether it's the character dynamics, whether it's, you know, this one's just plain funny, whether this is a twist on the sitcom trope. And I think what I love about this one is this, like, really uh, digs into, like, existential sort of feelings for, like, a a, a boy or or a child, rather. And I I like that it begins with Bart just being this bratty kid and just, you know, telling Milhouse, like, well, hey, you know, if you give me $5, I'll sell you my soul. And Milhouse is like, oh, well, yeah. You don't want to do that you know but bart it means nothing to him and so he, he gladly accepts five dollars in exchange for you know bart's soul written on a piece of paper and then the show g- goes into this whole adventure where basically bart has all these weird experiences where he you know the automatic doors won't open for him and he bumps into them or he tries to breathe his breath on uh, an ice cream cooler and there's no breath and i love that it, it's it feels weird just even as viewing it. You're like, what's going on? You know? And I I like that the show has an episode that sort of leans into this, you know, well, what, what does this all mean? And what does it mean to, to even not only just like a soul itself, but what does it mean to you? You know, your, your concept of what, what your, your sort of like what you feel about yourself. Like, would you ever sell a piece of yourself off? You know, and what does that even mean? Does it mean anything? Does it mean something to you? Like, is it is keeping preserving yourself precious? And it and it winds up, uh, you know, with him in this desperate search to get this piece of paper that says Bart's soul back because it it really means something to him. And eventually, ending with, uh, you know, Milhouse has sold it to Comic Book Guy, but then uh, you know, with a desperate prayer, Bart praying for his soul to be returned, and then it, you find out that Lisa bought it back. And uh, for the change from her piggy bank, and because she knew it, it meant that much to him, and and I just love too the whole the whole ending where uh, you know Lisa's like you know philosophers have a lot of different ideas about the concepts of a soul, and Bart's like huh, and he's just eating the piece of paper trying to get it back in his body. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just it, it hits so many different levels too, you know, just sort of like a a sense of spirituality too, you know, like that's what I love about the Simpsons is just everything is either skewered or considered and whether that has to do with pop culture or, you know, sort of spiritual aspects or just relational aspects. And I, I like all the things that this episode touches on and I think it touches on them sweetly. Um, But, but, but it still has its real, it's trademark humor throughout, you know, like uh, one of my favorite jokes of all time. I think I've texted this to Zachy a lot is just uh, Lisa trying to explain to Bart the, you know, Pablo Neruda. You know, his take on the soul. You know, and Bart is just like I am familiar with the works of Pablo Neruda. so matter-of-factly. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. Well, th- you said you had this, Zachy.
3: I do. I had this at number one for me.
2: Oh wow. Okay. This could have. This could have easily been number one for me also. But yeah, I want to. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I think
3: you know. I, as I recall, I watched it relatively recently, and I remember just texting you like. I'm like getting misty eyed watching Bart like crying, you know, about wanting his soul back. Yeah, you know? praying for his soul back.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that's what this episode can do. I mean, because if you remember, this has the Uncle Mo's family feedback yes. subplot, which is hilarious, you know. Yes. Uncle Mo, oh, here I am, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, this place smells like Tinkle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, <laughs> oh and and you know Uncle Mo, my this somebody hurts my teeth oh it hurts your teeth well, let me tell you about your freaking sody you know yeah. um but but like you juxtapose that with uh, with bart like trying to track down his soul and he runs out and, and then when he runs out of the restaurant remember and they homer's like trying to stop me. he's like wait you can eat his food. He's like,
2: run, for it. run for your life, <laughs> for your life. <laughs> yeah, because he wants and more then, food. Remember,
3: Bart goes to Millhouse's house, and they're doing like the fumigation, and he and the guy who yes! answers it, Bart's like, did you? Did he have a piece of paper? He's like, oh, you don't forget a thing like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then you just you get the really sweet uh, final shot in Bart's dream where he's rowing with his soul. You know. Yes. Oh man,
2: that's, I love it. That's just. Yeah, I mean, that might be one of that's it's certainly in my top three of all time for the yeah. whole series. Yeah, because it's, it's again, it's got the humor really, you know, sharp and shining. It's got this more emotional elements just really hitting and hitting you in the feels. I just feel like it shows off what this show is capable of yeah. like this this specific episode.
1: I totally agree. It is Look a great us. one. Um I really love the the Mo, Uncle Moe's uh, subplot, too. Yeah. I think, just last, I think just last week I sent a gift to somebody on Facebook and it was Todd saying, oh, my freaking ears. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we want to hear language like, this will go to Denny's. Right.
1: <laughs> this is a good one. Um, it's also the episode where Bart uses that five bucks to buy those dinosaur sponges you were talking about.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that's the one, yep. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. It was a great one, and also it, it, the iconic kickoff of the episode with uh, them singing In the Garden, In the Garden of De yes. at church.
2: <laughs> everyone say like, it's like 17 minutes later, and the, the organist is almost yeah, going to pass out. And, and everyone just sings it. like They get the words, and they just sing the whole song.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, this sounds like rock and or roll.
2: <laughs> I kind of remember a radio station using that. You know how they'd always do that. Yeah. They take like a clip from a film, and and here we go. Brr, this is B twenty seven. You know, like, <laughs> like I kind of remember that clip being used in one of those things, like those
1: bumpers. Well, when I was watching Krusty Gets Busted earlier before we started recording, when Reverend Lovejoy uh, leads this uh, town in burning of all of Crusty's stuff, I was like, wow. Like early seasons, like Reverend Lovejoy really had some. For lack of better words, like some fire, some passion for yeah, fire and brimstone. He's like really fired up to do this, and like now you look at him now, he's like, ah, uh.
2: yeah, yeah. He kind of evolved into like an over it kind of guy. Yeah,
1: right. yeah. Little, you try exhausting. changing
2: religions; they're all basically the same. <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> right. If you sat down and read this thing, we're not allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which reminds me of that sweet episode with uh, Marge where,
2: she, you know, he's kind of lost his spark and she helps him reignite it. And then you see everyone finally, you know, everyone's kind of bored by him at the beginning. But then by the end, you know, he's got his spark back and everyone's like riveted. And, and that's what I, you know, this uh, with this whole assignment, picking a favorite character, I thought it was really reminded me of another sort of uh, special thing about the show, which is this cast is enormous. These characters And what the show realized as it continued along was that those characters were so good, you could actually do, it didn't always have to have the family front and center. Like these characters were interesting enough that, well, let's do a whole episode about Ned Flanders. Let's do a whole, I mean, the one I'm just talking about, like Reverend Lovejoy gets his own episode, you know, like Uh it's, it's uh, really one of those things that uh, not every show can can do, but they just had such a fascinating and funny cast of characters.
1: Uh, I don't, especially animated shows. I don't think there's that many shows that have that deep of a roster. You could do that. Like South Park, I would say you could, that has a pretty deep roster. You could base a lot of episodes on outside of the, the four core boys,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: like family guy uh, outside of the family, maybe just Peter's friends. That's about as far as you can go with them.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think, and this is something that The Simpsons got into a little bit later, was I feel like on some of those shows, the the side characters are sort of punchlines. Mm-hmm. You know, like Disco Stew, I think, is a good example of this, where he literally was just a joke. Like, he was a delivery system for a joke. Right. And then, you know, they tried to make him, like, more of a character. And to, to some success, you know, I, again, I, I, I would defend The Simpsons in saying the comic book guy is a really rich guy. You know, like you can mine a lot of things out of Chief Wiggum and Ralph and the the bullies, you know, Nelson and all these people. But I think on something like Family Guy, a lot of those characters, side characters didn't go beyond the joke. You know, so maybe that's the trick, really. Yeah. Giving them a bit more than just being the, the, the thing that makes
1: saying their name funny or something. Yeah, it's... They did a really great job of just making all these supporting characters so complex. Yeah, they want to dig more into them. Yeah, and
2: Mo. I mean, you know, I mean, Mo is such an interesting guy, a sad character. You know, um, right? He he gets a lot of his own stories, and those are interesting. And yeah, I mean, he was a little rascal, for goodness' sake. <laughs> 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 he killed the original alfalfa. That's right. <laughs>
1: uh. That's another good episode too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, that was your number two. So Melissa two. Uh, Melissa. So Melissa and Zachy, any other thoughts on Bart Sells the Soul?
3: No, I think you covered it.
4: Yeah.
1: All right, well I think we already know Zachy and Melissa's the, number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so any more thoughts on three men in the comic book? <laughs>
3: No, I'm, I covered that too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a really,
0: really fun episode. And, and uh, you know, this one was my, you know, a first time view. And, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I just, I love the, like, you know, we, we did mention it, you know, before, like the, the kid logic and thinking and, you know, it's just fun to have, you know, all the, the kids doing stuff and, okay well you know we're gonna get jobs and all this stuff and you know and then all they don't end up making off money. well oh we'll all buy it and we'll pull our money together and then obviously you know shenanigans ensue but yeah it's just super fun episode
1: yeah i can honestly say watching this episode so much as a kid that it reminds me of uh at the end of the episode it it's storming towards the end of the episode, and when Homer opens his car at the end, because he had his windows rolled down. Yeah, that's right. All, all the water pouring out. Every time I have my windows rolled down, when it rains here, I instantly think that's going to happen. I'm going to open my car in a tidal wave, is going to come <laughs> pouring out. That's <laughs> <laughs> that kid logic for you. Mm. Um. So I guess since we've already... Covered your guys' number two, I'll move on to mine. That's uh, season six, episode fifteen, Homie the Clown.
4: Mm,
3: yeah. Uh,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. I think this I think this is really one where they uh, try to lean into that original concept of Homer being Krusty. Right. So they have that a lot of look alike. And I love the another one with Krusty uh, being tangled up with the mafia again. Mm-hmm. Um the one joke that always stuck out in my memory was uh, it It mostly uh, ventures around Krusty's gambling issues. And I love that at one point in the episode, him and his uh, let's say his, his accountant are watching a, a game with the mafia, and he uh, bets all of his money from the Clown College against the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the generals were due. That's
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, this has one of the all-time Homer lines too, where it's like uh, he's having his clown college, you know, visions during dinner—the whole close encounters potato <laughs> thing—and then uh, he finally yells at his family. That's it. You can't hold me back any longer. I'm going to clown college. <laughs> and Bart's like, I don't think any of us thought he was gonna say
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> clown college, you can't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. the first of the month, new billboard day. Yeah, that's
2: right. That's right.
1: <laughs> and or I like, like uh,
2: that, that Krusty owes
3: like some pit, like pit, some piddly amount. That's
2: right. And the guy's
3: like, your change? <laughs> Here's your change.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was the, the I'm
2: seeing double Four Krusty's. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I
3: like it where where the the mob boss is like you made a old stereotype. Very happy, he's like, no, yeah, don't right. not. yeah it's no, I am, I am.
2: it's true, it, I am, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I love when the mafia's trying to take them out, and they keep, or they're shooting at Homer. They keep shooting Flanders.
4: Oh, right, <laughs> that's right. I
1: told, I told you we should have bought more than three bullets.
4: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing, Homer? I'm putting speed holes in my car. It makes it go faster. (laughs) Speed holes.
4: holes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I love the Homer trying on the baggy pants. Those are supposed to be baggy pants. (laughs) You're right. right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stop,
2: stop. He's already dead. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Classic.
1: That gets used a lot during hockey season. Stop,
2: stop. (laughs) He's already dead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I actually think of that quote a lot.
1: Well, Most and I being huge uh, Colorado Avalanche fans, whenever they get up on something in the series, we that's usually, uh, I mean, that gets shared around it's like the Avs logo being Homer and whatever team we're playing being the crusty burglar. <laughs> okay, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what season is this? This is six. Uh, this is
2: season six. Yeah. Oh, this is the Johnny Johnny Unitas. Wait.
1: Oh the oh the crusty lip, the crusty lip hair removal system.
2: Yeah, I was just it's I, crust- I have it up on
1: Wikipedia now. I'm trying to remember. It's crust horrific it. Johnny Unitas. Is my upper lip supposed to be bleeding like this? Right. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh, Homer performing at Krusty's uh, or at Millhouse's birthday party and Millhouse none the wiser. <laughs> My dad's a pretty big wheel down at the Cracker Factory.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> we'll say, you have any,
2: what's that? I was just looking at written by John Schwartzwelder, one of the most prolific uh, Simpsons writers.
1: makes sense why it's so great. Yeah. I remember this. um, I watched, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the Nostalgia Critic on YouTube. No. Well, he was doing a review of the movie Monkey Bone. uh And he got distracted by a scene in the film where there was a still shot from The Simpsons. (laughs) He records himself being distracted by it. And all of a sudden, halfway through the review, he's like, oh. It's from Homie the Clown. That's the episode it's from. Oh <laughs> that's funny.
2: It just gets stuck until I could unstick it.
1: <laughs> so I think it's the scene where I think it's like a still cell of Homer driving, all oh, being a clown sucks. Kicked by kids and admired by the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> uh most any thoughts on Homie the Clown?
0: I need to watch it.
1: Uh, indeed, you do. is <laughs> a good is a good good Krusty episode. I'd say it's it's more Homer, but Krusty has like a strong supporting role in it. Yeah, I like the one the Mafia takes the school from him, and they like, oh, kids carry a lot of money these days. <laughs> After you perform for him, might as well rob him.
2: <laughs> wow, I was looking at the air date, nineteen ninety five. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Best not to think about it.
1: Yeah, really. Goodness. i better go take something from my back. <laughs> 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 well, that was my number two. So I guess we move up to number one. Brian, what is your number one?
2: Oh man. Here we go. Uh, number one. Kinda went with the emotionality again, but this is an episode that always gets me. Always. Uh, Marge, be not proud. Oh, that's a good one. Season seven, Mm, episode 11. So, now this is where, uh, you know, Bart feels like, oh, his mom dotes on him and she comes in and sings a little song to him. She tucks him in, he's kind of getting tired of it. And, uh, anyway, he wants this video game and uh, ends up going down to the try and save and shoplifts it and gets caught. And it makes Marge, you know, wonder, like, where did I go wrong? And, Maybe I am I mother him too much. And so she stops singing to him before he goes to bed. And he realizes, well, maybe I missed that. And there's a really, I find it melancholy, but, but as well as funny, but when a scene where Bart wants to be with a mom acting like a mom, so he hangs out with Milhouse's mom, you know, and he just wants to hear her stories as they're putting stamps on envelopes. And it ends with him being like, tell me I'm good. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just so heartbreaking. And so, you know, it, it ends up with him then in the end, you know, sort of a mistake where they think he shoplifted again. But because he screwed up the family portrait at the beginning of the episode, he went by himself to get a picture of himself to amend the ruined family picture from the beginning. And it's just it's so many, again, so many great jokes, but also just real a real sweetness. I mean, I guess before I was thinking about him and his sister but here the relationship between him and his mom you know i just think is i don't know it gets me every time this episode mm-hmm. and uh but then you also have you know amazing jokes like the you know marge knows that bart wanted the most popular video game of the season and so she's like well, so i got you elite carvello's putting challenge <laughs> <You know? laughs> and bart's like that's great <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean one of the best uh over the credits closings with uh, him playing the game and you know sw- swinging it, uh, the, the putt into the parking lot and it's like do you want to try again you have selected no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i i love this episode again for i think this episode is a good showcase of all the show is capable of between Really funny jokes, but also like a real huge beating heart. So that's that's my number one.
1: All I can say is buy me Bonestorm or go to hell.
2: Yes. <laughs> what a great, I was going to say, uh, uh, look back. at, But they were in the middle of it. 90s commercials aimed toward kids. Like there's there's one I see pop up on Reddit a lot where it's like, remember this? And it's like some kid playing like a wrestling video game, but they're coming through the arcade, the wrestlers, and they're strangling the kid. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, it was a wild time, you know? (laughs) Shut up, Mom, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually like that scene a lot, too, because it's it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of disturbing, Mm -hmm. the way that that kid treats his mother. But it's so, like, you've seen that. Yep. Like, that mother that just puts up with it, and the kid, it just acts like a complete like asshole to his mm-hmm. parents and gets everything he wants. I think when, uh, I can't remember exactly what Bart says, but he witnesses that and they walk away and Bart's like, wow, what a lucky kid
1: or something <laughs> like that.
2: You know, it's, it's kind of a funny dark commentary.
1: Yeah. Doesn't he doesn't like even tell the mom to buy two copies. Cause he doesn't want to share with his little sisters. Yeah, like that? that's
2: right. That's right. Yeah. And I love to, there, there's such a little insightful moment. Cause I know I definitely thought this, where Bart is like, well, maybe if I stand in front of this thing and look sad, someone will buy it for me. And it's like, I remember as a kid having thoughts like that, like even being at like a kid's house. I'm like, oh, if I act like I really, I wish I could play that game, maybe he'll give it to me, <laughs> kind of a <laughs> thing. It's like a funny, again, kid sort of logic.
1: I, I, I That logic I had planned in my brain, too, as a kid. Yeah. My love is quickly railroaded by them, like slamming the case on Bart's hand.
2: Right, right. Yeah, and all the the, the animated uh, video game characters, you know, just take it, take it, take it. <laughs> yeah, but I love this one a lot.
1: I also like them going through the old family photos and uh, Bart holding up the the speech bubble to Homer's eyes. Smell. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying that. I remember saying that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then when uh, they have to go back to the try and save after he's been caught for shoplifting, so he can't be seen there. Right. And so he puts all the, the facial prosthetics on and uh, Marge is like, Will you please take those off. And he's like, I won't stand for these wild accusations. <laughs> and I remember looking that up, thinking that was a reference to something. I was like, that is so specific. What is that? And I don't think it is. It's just a funny line.
1: And how, I love how he switches out the answering machine tape with uh, the yes. Camp Granada. Yeah, <laughs> hello, yeah, hello, hello, mother, hello, fada. <laughs> yeah,
2: Are the kid's at Camp Granada. <laughs> yeah, and then the the Don Bradka character, you know, at the the, the security yeah, who, at the train. who did thing. his voice? Oh man, it's somebody, uh, right? Yeah, I think it's the guy from Reservoir Dogs. I can't, uh, I can't think of his name.
1: But the uh, motherfucker looks just like the thing
2: yes 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 and and, and it's funny because i i remember hearing from the commentary that the uh, the writers or the simpsons producers they were all scared of him because like he actually was like that and not a very nice person and they're like okay that's yeah that's great or i guess he wasn't getting some of the jokes either oh because oh, remember he has that funny joke where he, he's like i gotta i gotta call your parents he goes uh-huh yeah still a video game uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> all right they weren't home but i left a message you know <laughs> and and he was like i don't get it and like could you just record it anyway please sir you know? and, and then really funny. i wanted to get him out of there but i also love where he has the whole uh you know he's like uh, capiche yeah you understand me and you know and he's like well everything except the last part you know <laughs> and then when he's remembering the speech that the guy gave him in his mind he remembers him saying capiche is catfish because he doesn't know the word, I was like, "That's a brilliant little joke." That's hilarious. But yeah, a lot, a lot of heart, a lot of heart in this one too. That I just find the the, the, the disconnect, but then the the repair of this relationship between Bart and his mom,
1: I just find so sweet. If you're listening to this right now, hit pause. Go hug your mom right now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually showed this episode to my mom because <laughs> I was like, "Isn't this nice?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for buying me two copies of that video game, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I think that bratty kid and the mom come back like somewhere in the future. Mm. That, imagine, that sounds
3: man. that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. 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 Zach, you have any thoughts on Marge not be not proud?
3: No, it's a good one. I yeah, I I I agree with what Brian said. You know, the, the both the emotional side and the the biting satire—they both work.
1: I think it's probably one of the stronger, uh, stronger Christmas episodes, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's always sort of a where...
2: heightened feeling in Christmas episodes. I don't know what it is. They're just holiday episodes. You know, there's just something in the air. I mean, that's why Shane Black always sets all his <laughs> stories, you know, during Christmas. He's said so much. And I think there's something about that here, too. If this had just been a shoplifting episode, it certainly would have been, I think, great. Like, capital G, great. But there's just something about, like, the holidayness of it all and just... <laughs> You know, them trying to go for this special occasion to get the portrait and everything. It's just, I I agree. Like, making it a Christmas episode just even adds something to it, whatever that is.
1: The only other Christmas episode that sticks up in my head is when uh, Bart burns down the Christmas tree. Yeah, right. That's another good one. Right, yes. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Melissa, do you have any thoughts on, on this one? Have you seen this one? I'm sensing a theme here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Big ol' nope. <laughs> it's a no on me, dog. It's a no for me, dog.
2: <laughs> but I'm excited because I think I think I think you're gonna like it. So it's it's just kind of exciting thinking, you know, wow, like for someone to take this episode in for the first time, it's a it's a treat. So I'm I'm really excited for you to get to, get to see it.
1: We can all live vicariously through Melissa. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lawrence Tierney, by the way, I looked it up. That's the actor who plays Don Brodka. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember him from Reservoir Dogs and from uh, I think he played Elaine's dad on Seinfeld. Oh. Was Elaine's mom. Yeah, Elaine's dad. That's
2: daddy.
3: right. Yeah, yeah. It's where Jerry's wearing the jacket inside out and they can turn it, turn it back.
1: <clears throat> well, uh, great choice, Brian, for number one. Well, you got ahead you get everybody right in the fields there, didn't you? <laughs> Which I think, Zachy, kept it rolling because Bart sells a soldier, number one, right, Zachy? That's right. You guys well, came is. to play. <laughs> you came to make us laugh, and you came to make us cry. <laughs> uh, Do you have any further thoughts on Bart Souls, Soulzaki? No,
3: I mean, like I said, it, it's uh, really the the mix of 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 uh, uh, sweet and sour. You know, like it, mm. it it doesn't forget to be The Simpsons with all the. the the wit in there but i think that makes the emotional stuff work almost better you know
1: yeah yes i said i really don't think they hit quite the peak that futurama did that like in the fields but they do they do with episodes like marge not be not proud and bart sells the soul they did a really good job of like having a good balance of like the laughs and the heart with it though
2: yeah yeah, I think that that's sort of the secret sauce to this show, and I I, I feel I think you know at some point I, I felt like I was losing that thread, but just the familyness of it all, you know their relationships with each other, and they can drive each other crazy, but ultimately you know they do care about one another, and you can sense that. I always feel like whenever they when they hit that, I mean that's what made those characters really feel more than just delivery systems for jokes.
1: Great stuff. Uh, Melissa, what is your number one?
0: My number one is My Big Fat Geek Wedding. Hmm. And it's from uh, season 15.
2: I've seen this one. Look it up.
0: This one is um, uh, Skinner and Kravapal are going to get married. And then Kravapal leaves uh, Skinner at the altar. Hmm. And then she falls for comic book guy. And they plan a a Star Trek like wedding, and then Skinner, you know, hears about and he doesn't. He tries to prevent it.
4: Hmm.
2: Man, I'm trying to. Sounds familiar. It's so funny. I feel like I should have seen it. And Skinner dresses up as Catwoman. Actually, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. He
0: thought it was Catman.
5: Hmm. So I just can't it. think of it. Let's see here. I
0: found, I found this one a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I, I know I've seen it because I remember that Skinner Catwoman thing. <laughs> yeah, 2004 here. So April 2004.
1: I think if I know that episode at all that's going to be the one thing that hangs in my memory is Skinner dressed as Catwoman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to the uh, the bi-monthly science fiction convention or shortened the Bimon Sci-Fi Con. <laughs>
1: I have to do some more digging on countable guy episodes.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> Yeah, but I guarantee I don't, I don't, you if I, if I watched this one tonight, it'd be like, oh, right, right, right. Like, I bet it would come back to me.
1: Yeah. More than likely for me, too. I, I also thought you were going to pick uh, his Treehouse of Horror segment that he did when he was with The Collector, where he had uh, Lucy Lawless in a airtight uh, compactor. Oh. Lucy Lawless <laughs> saves Bart and, Bart and Lisa. That That's just I, like, Stretch dude and clobber girl. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, she he says I didn't know Xena could fly and she's like, I'm not Xena, I'm Lucy Lawless.
1: Yeah, while that's right. Flying. That's right. Yeah, but this one I I just can't pinpoint this episode you're talking about though. It's my mind when I think of the comic book guy, I always think of this one episode though where Stan Lee is in the shop and he just started, after a while he just starts driving comic book guy nuts. Yeah. That's yeah. a funny one. I,
3: Stan Lee never left. Yeah, I think his mind is no longer in mint condition. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where He tries to turn into the Hulk and rips his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, I'm I'm definitely do some more homework on comic book guy stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Same.
1: I got too swept up and crusty. <laughs> <laughs> Great choice, Melissa, from your description of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you've you given me a playlist here.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, as as have you guys, because, you know, I'm, you know, I need all the episodes. I mean, I'm watching every kind of going through the season, so um, but it gives me ones to kind of look forward to anyway.
1: Yeah. In about twelve years, when Melissa finishes it, we'll uh, have to another episode. <laughs> of a reunion.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and more likely, The Simpsons will probably still be on the air.
2: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what uh, Zachy and I have talked about this. Where, even though I speaking for myself, I don't watch it week to week anymore. I would be sad if it wasn't there. You know, it's just nice that's knowing right. it's it's yeah. been there most of my life.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know,
3: if I, if I can add, I mean, you know, at this point I watch it with my kids uh, and, you know, they have, they don't have like a golden era frame of reference to mm. them. It's just all Simpsons, whether it's like second season or 22nd or 32nd, it's all, you know what I mean? Right. And so for them, it's just, they they know all the characters they know because it's just as much, like it's not dad's show, it's their show too, you know?
1: Right. It's a show. A show that's right. always just been there, and it's too bad that uh, well, it's great that Futurama keeps having rebirth after rebirth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, so like,
5: you.
1: nothing quite got the longevity that uh, the Simpsons had, and like, I'm not, I'm not too hot on his new show on Netflix. Is it Disenchantment? Mm, I haven't seen it.
2: I mean, I, hey. I'm familiar with it, but yeah, it's it's okay.
0: I've seen the... First
5: episode
1: of it, and then, eh, yeah, it's it's all right. It's not- that's one where the supporting characters are really strong, but the main character, she's kind mm-hmm. of um, the nicest way to put it is that she's just kind of bland. She's like an okayish lead act, lead mm-hmm. character, but it's, that's the one where you watch for a lot of the supporting characters. Like, uh, but it, it, it's it's okay. Like it's. But it isn't it doesn't quite have the spark that Futurama or Simpsons has as a Matt Greening project, you know? Sure, sure. Right. It it is that one didn't quite grab me like his other two works have. But it's just amazing that the show's lasted as long as it has. Mm-hmm. And his other show has had so much rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty years. Yeah, seriously. Um there's no final comments on, well, this is number one. We'll move on to my number one. Yeah. Uh, I started my list with the season premiere of episode, season four. I'm going to end my list with the season finale of season four, and that is Krusty gets canceled. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I talk about how they roll the red carpet for cameos <laughs> yeah. across the episodes. This one, you got Johnny Carson, Bette Midler, Elizabeth Taylor, Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> uh, Hugh Hefner. Being a kid and really having no idea who 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 Hugh Hefner was at the time, right? I had to be about like nine or ten when this episode came out. So I just, love it. it just, it plays back to all the tropes that they they would they would keep in continuity with Crusty, how he's out of touch, mm-hmm. he's blinded by the fame that he does. Oh, oh, let's get Luke Perry in this episode too. So, um, right. Um. <laughs> as his lousy half-brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but it, it kept with the continuity of Krusty that he's just always blinded by fame and fortune, and he never worked on his act or anything. He just kind of coasted off of what little notoriety he had. and that He just became jaded to everything around him. And the fact that he has to have this comeback special with all these celebrities, it's so damn good. And they tied in so well, too. Um, I think you guys made reference to how Simpsons were always making jokes at Fox. Um, the Rupert Murdoch one was with uh, Bart making the telephone call. Right. Oh, you saved my network. Well, I think this one has my favorite Fox joke in it when they talk about Luke Perry. It's, he's a big TV star. Yeah, on Fox. Right, you know, right. Crusty right. just does that face. I think this is probably one of the first things that it popped in my pop culture zeitgeist of celebrities willing to make fun of themselves and like where you can kind of gain like some respect for that actor to make fun of themselves. And I think of Luke Perry in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was just willing to like, yeah, totally. shoot him out of a cannon and going through an acid factory and um, oh, he went through the acid at a Apu store because. Why wouldn't Apu just sell acid? You know, um, him landing the Pillow Factory and the Pillow Factory blowing up. Uh, them essentially making Johnny Carson be the world's greatest entertainer. In this episode, he can lift a Buick Skylark right. over his head and spin it, and play the accordion with a bench on his head. Uh, <laughs> I love the Bette Midler cameo on this too. Yeah. Mountain. Oh no, Bette Midler. Middler. I'll get you for this middler. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then the whole uh worker and parasite, the the communist oh, yeah. cartoon that they get when he doesn't have itchy and scratchy anymore because they, they moved over to Gabo.
1: <laughs> the Gabbo show. They're at the Gabo show now.
2: <laughs> I think of that that uh Krusty after watching it and then the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he's like the
0: hell was that
2: <laughs> i think okay. of that crusty intonation a lot when i see certain things I'm like what the hell was it's, that that's it's uh, like if what, i
1: love to use
3: one of my favorite bits is where crusty has the dummy and then it like the yes. head breaks and the kids scream and then the head pops off, and then he kicks it into the day and the kids are screaming it's
2: so it's plus. like next to them and they're like getting out of the
1: way like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's so> funny. <laughs> Every time you watch my show, I'll give you (laughs) forty (laughs) dollars.
2: I remember at the beginning too when they're teasing Gabbo, like Gabbo is coming. Who is Gabbo? I remember as a kid watching that, even going like, "What is it?" (laughs) Like it actually built into me. Yeah,
1: (laughs) must be some guy, some guy named Gabbo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, that's think, a good. That's a good quintessential Krusty episode.
1: It is. It has to be the one episode that comes to mind when I think of Krusty. I, I, I love the gag when uh, Bart and Lisa are gonna go out and find all the celebrities. So, so Krusty decides he's gonna get in shape and I'll eat nothing but milkshakes <laughs> and those diet milkshakes. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Watching Homer and Krusty box and liver and to get him in shape, and uh, Maggie turns on Gabbo and. Chris starts willing on Homer, <laughs> then Maggie changes the channel, talking about pork prices rising. Homer starts willing. I, honestly... <laughs> or I love the gag of crusty uh, trying to throw the pies at Homer and he pulls out the burning one.
2: This is and the one, too, where they're trying to change the Chili Peppers lyrics, right? Like, yeah, no well, way, like man. Guess... Our lyrics are like our children. And then he gives them a, you know. Another version like wow that's way better
1: (laughs) everybody can enjoy that yeah (laughs) what i how about instead of saying what i got you got to get put in what if you say what i'd like is to uh, like to hug and kiss you (laughs) yeah wow yeah (laughs) i love how uh bart distracts mo to get him out of mo's hey mo look over there (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm gonna stop looking soon (laughs) Hey, Mo, can I look, too? Yeah, but it'll cost you. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) He is so stupid. Now, back to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I like the random gag, too, with Elizabeth Taylor in there, too. Oh, that's Uh, right. Some kids kids ask if you want to be in a special. I told them to buzz off. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Forgot about that.
1: And she comes back. I should have fired that agent.
2: (laughs) Polishing a diamond or something.
1: Yeah. I think in the well, I think when we first see her, she's like polishing a. No, yeah, in The second time we see her, she's like polishing an Oscar, I think. Oh right. So right the right. first time she's polishing a diamond, but I love the stuff with Hugh Hefner with the bunnies being smart and all that stuff too. Right. Right. Yeah. This is this is going. And also, I think you're really gonna hit a stride of great episodes when we hit about season three, season four. Mm-hmm. Maybe like classic after classic. Yep. Yep. Hey Melissa? Mm-hmm. And say once you hit about season three or season four, you're gonna start hitting like a just a train of classic episodes. Okay. I'm
4: looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We had a lot of good stuff with Sideshow Mel this episode, too. Working at the gulp and blow. Oh, yeah. I dropped a taco in the fryer. <laughs> yeah, this this is one of those ones, too,
2: where it's like I'm remembering sort of like the broad strokes of it. But if I were to rewatch it tonight, it'd be like, oh, yeah, there's like a million things in here. I forgot we're in this episode.
1: Yeah, when the Chili Peppers are dancing in there, or singing in their underwear. And it was the crusty talk about how humiliating it is. And he's like, oh, oh two yeah, it's your little sticker sketch. Give me a bigger lolly.
2: Give me a bigger lolly. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> Luke Perry doing a balloon 18th century carousel. Right. That's right. <laughs> Have they ever brought Luke? I think I think Luke Perry only came back the one time. I don't know if he voices voices character. but I know he came back and Bart the Fink when Krusty fakes his own death. So I think oh, Luke right. Perry's sitting amongst all the other old sideshows on stage, like Corporal Punishment and uh, <laughs> Mr. Fertini and all them.
2: Right, right, right.
1: I remember all the other sideshows. It was like Sideshow Sharif and um, you got Bob and Mel, of
5: course. But... Yeah. Good stuff. any final thoughts
1: from anybody
3: what a great uh just list of shows that that span the entire life of this show you know
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. seriously well, real quick zeki do you have any thoughts on crusty gets canceled
3: oh it, you know the thought i had is like this show has been on for so long that you know, so many of the big uh, sort of big ticket guest stars have, have passed on, you know, right. Elizabeth Taylor and Johnny Carson, even Luke Perry. Like who would have thought that? Right. right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and Hugh Hefner, of course. And, you know, that's kind of that's the show. Like at this point, it's been around so long that you're going to have that. You're going to have like these people like you get a moment, a window into the moment where they were um, that big,
1: you know. And this couldn't have been too long before Carson passed. I want to say, because in Carson passed in like probably the late nineties, uh,
3: two thousand
1: four, he died. Oh, really? He he held on for a while. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, it was a Bette Midler and the Red Hot Chili Peppers only one still alive from this episode? Yeah,
3: yeah. As of yeah, yeah as of
1: now. But you're
2: totally right. This is a real sort of a uh, moment in time you know mm-hmm. where i kind of i mean can you imagine your kids having any concept of johnny carson and like you know just like what what these writers must have felt like the reverence for him well some of them some of them did not have a reverence for him but oh, you know right. just as like one of the greatest entertainers you know and just i you know as time marches on you know you sort of yeah you mean, you, you mean uh, jimmy fallon you know
3: <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> well it's it's sort of like um you know, where Bart in that dream sequence where Bart's voice is dubbed by Steve Allen. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Right? And that's like, you know, I would imagine even at that time, that joke was flew over probably X percentage of people's heads. You know,
2: I'm sure that was something I thought was funny. Like I knew Mm -hmm. it was funny, but I didn't quite know why. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, then I get older and I learn who he is and it's, it's, I'm like, Oh, it's funny. I get it now, but it's still, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you're as a kid watching these things that these like thirty year olds at the time are think we're thinking about when they were younger. You know, I mean, I
3: mean, think about it. Like the show has been on so long that Steve Allen and Bob Hope and like people like that did voices on it.
1: Yeah, right.
3: You know what I mean? Like that's how long it's been on.
1: Right. Uh, Steve Bob Allen even get a stain dropped in this episode too because yeah. uh Gabba does the crank call to Krusty. About, oh, that's right. Uh, Doing a camera commercial and it was Bart and Lisa having that back and forth. Well, this he stole this from Krusty. Well, Krusty stole this from Steve Allen. And when Krusty <laughs> becomes when Krusty becomes aware he's being pranked goes, If this is anybody but Steve Allen, you're stealing my bitch. Right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's funny.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, Bob Newhart had a cameo on the Bart the Fink episode, too. It was raining out of nowhere because he was standing in the cemetery waiting for another funeral to start. That's right. So (laughs) funny.
3: And I love how they animate his delivery. Yeah. Uh, You know, like, he has this very specific style, and they animated to that. and That's just what makes that sequence so much funnier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So good. Or, Or same with, um homie the clown dick cavett mm. yeah that's right I do a really great job of like really, really capturing people's personality like a episode that comes to mind is um one with ronnie dangerfield Burned, right uh, him being burnt the sun that's right
4: yeah
2: <laughs> it's like a interesting way that all these uh Figures have been preserved in a weird way, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, if you want to teach your kids about Ronnie Dangerfield, you can't necessarily pop out Caddyshack or right. <laughs> back to school so you can show them this episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, get them primed.
4: <laughs> I mean, Mickey Rooney him
1: and ha- Just got a couple years ago. Right?
2: Yeah, uh, I forgot
1: about that. But he, Rooney, was it? Yeah. Jiminy Jilligers.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Doing the play. The mixture.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Another good episode. Surprised that one get brought up tonight. That was a good episode.
4: Mm -hmm. It was Mm
1: -hmm. more of a a Millhouse-centric episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think great choices, everybody. I think we can do this again. Absolutely.
2: And I really like. We were saying I appreciate Melissa's choices because then it's given me like a, an easy way to bridge over to seasons. I'm not as familiar with.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: And definitely, you know, like hearing your choices, all your choices for episodes and things. And it definitely gives me something like to, you know, Oh, we have talked about this one and like, mm. you know, kind of look forward to, to actually seeing it. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. You guys are lucky. I'll get a text at two o'clock in the morning. Camp crusty
4: sucked
2: <laughs> as is your right
1: crusty <laughs> would never put his name on imitation gr- rule right, right. <laughs> Definitely do this again. Maybe pick different characters next time around.
2: Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, that's a that's a
1: fun idea. Just sort of,
2: because I mean, I have a lot of favorite characters, right? Yeah,
1: and then whole new list. Because yeah, the original idea was to do like, could do like uh, top five. That'd be too just too damn hard. Mm. Then we, I think I pitched the idea of maybe like, I think I pitched the idea to Melissa maybe of doing like a top five from what they consider to be the golden era. So like mm. seasons three to 11 or our favorite episode from each season in that mm. golden era. Right. But I think really think narrowing it down to like one character, and five episodes from that character, I think would really narrow it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you two don't plot against us next time and pick the same character. Right.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm just going to pick Bart again. I actually, and then I'm going to do Zachy's list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my number one
1: yeah. <laughs> Wow, weird <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you guys are more than welcome to always come back and do this again
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having us for Sure, yeah, really fun again. A lot of fun
1: <laughs> Yeah uh, Where can listeners keep up with you guys if they choose to? Brian Well,
2: I write for uh, a show on disney called puppy dog pals which is uh on disney disney plus disney jr uh i am working on a show called young jedi adventures which is coming out uh, spring next year 2023 on uh, uh, Disney disney plus and they can find us both over at uh, the movie film podcast which Zachy, i'll let you take it away
3: yeah, you can, uh, uh, you can uh, email us at at moviefilmpodcast.gmail.com. You can also hit like on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash moviefilmpodcast and message us there. Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jackie's Corner. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. Uh, that's also my website, just dot .com. And my writing is at the San Francisco Chronicle, where uh, I have uh, all kinds of movie reviews and features and things like that that are, that are up. So you can check those out.
1: I can definitely say that the movie film podcast comes highly recommended, and I appreciate. Cannot that. wait! I cannot wait for the, the Simpsons movie commentary now.
2: Yeah, that was. <laughs> thank you for saying that. First of all, yeah, yeah I. I don't even know if we have talked about it, but that feels so obvious.
3: <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: And um, I I Brian, I can't say our last episode where we talked about Star Wars Celebration, uh, the Young Jedi Adventures. You and Young Jedi Adventures does get name dropped. Ah. Oh. Because our last episode, I still have to put it up still. But um, we had a friend of mine, she did the help run the model building or the diorama building at Start With Celebration. Oh, so cool. We had her talk about Start With Celebration. I go, hey, I kind of know a guy that's working on a show. Yeah. good at that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, of course. But um you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime. I really enjoy your show. Melissa really enjoys your show. Thank you. I'm, thank you. I'm always looking forward to when the next one drops. Melissa, where can listeners keep up with you if they choose to?
0: Uh, they can keep up with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's the same handle, at MissMelissaN25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Uh, Instagram is just basically, you know, uh, adventure pictures, elusive selfies, whatever, kind of all random stuff. And then Twitter is just um, a lot of retweeted stuff. Sometimes it's all about hockey, especially during hockey season. <laughs> And just any other random pizza I can think of. So, um, yeah, if you want to follow me on any one of those, you can totally do that. And where can they find you, Jared?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. All I really have on there is pictures of my cats and pictures of my beard because that's what the Internet is for. (laughs) You probably see a lot of tug of war stuff and play stuff coming up here future. Well, I'll be wrapping up here soon. Um, I am working on another podcast with a friend. We're hoping to launch that here in the fall called Pre-Beard Cinema, where we take a look at those films where studios did not give a crap about scaring kids.
4: <laughs>
1: the good old days. <laughs> um, as a podcast as a whole, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Night Nation's Podcast, And feel free to send us an email at NerdNightAdationsPodcast at gmail.com.
0: And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, you can find us at our home at Podbean. Uh, you can also find us on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And on any one of those platforms, uh, be sure to leave a rating and a review.
1: Because one review is not enough to get us found in <laughs> Apple. <laughs> as always, once again, Brian and Zachy, thank you. We'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks really? again, yeah thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone,
0: and do not represent the companies they happen to work for thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening guys